Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Upside Blitz! And welcome to the Ravens edition of The Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. The Ravens edition? Really? Yeah, no, oh, yeah. That, that will never happen. <laughs> that will never happen, not on this show. Welcome to the Outside Blitz, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freighton, along with the uh, titillating Tyler Dean. I'm just excited. You're very excited. Dude, I'm excited for you, to be honest with you. I, it's a very um, fun time. We, we you know, I, it's very, uh, we are who they thought we were, they were, you know, I mean, we talked about it for weeks. Yeah, we've been we've been saying it for weeks. People have been telling us we're crazy people. I've, I've gotten a lot of that on social media. Oh, you guys. I'm just I'm just about. twice as happy that that, that um, my team have to be the ones that, to um expose. Yeah, to, to bring it back to earth. And, and I want to talk a little bit about that game. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we get the scores. I just, I'm just excited. It's my boys. Mm-hmm. Doing good. Yeah, you guys you guys got it. Got it moving. Um, I, I had to watch the game to see if they were legit. I had to find out to to just look and go. Are the Patriots is this defense legit? And uh, they weren't. They weren't. I mean, that's that's basically what we learned. They're they're not legit. And and now, granted, I'll I'll, I'll give them credit in the sense that it was the number uh, two scoring team, the number one scoring team, and number two on um yardage team going against them. So yeah, you're gonna put up points. But they're so, they faced a real yeah, team. Yeah, they they are top ten defense. They're just not this. They're not one. They're not the best defense in the history of the league. They're not all these things that they were trying to say they're on the pace to do. I don't even think that they're top ten. I don't. I can't. I can't sit here and legitimately call them top ten because of who they faced. I just can't. I can't. Yeah, you like that word? I can't. Um, and and it's it's just something that I'm not able to do. But. Um, Tyler, we got business to get down to. Um, not a whole lot of news this week. I mean, outside of a lot of injuries, um, we, we haven't had a ton of news. Um, whole, a couple injuries, a couple releases. We had guys in, in concussion protocol. We, we even had a, 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 a cancerous growth removed from a head this week. Hmm. Which is always entertaining to talk about, so we'll, we'll be getting into that. Was it your ego? No, oh, ouch, ouch. My ego is pretty huge. Um, but, uh, as well as other things, but anyway, um, so we got some stuff to get to right, Tyler. Are you ready to get down to some scores here? Let's do it. All right. Here are your scores for week nine in the NFL, uh, starting with the 49ers and the Cardinals 49ers top the Cardinals 28, 25. We talked about this last week, uh, Garoppolo for passing touchdowns. Uh, it's, uh, most for a 49ers QB since week 15 of 2012. Uh, Niners jump up to 8 0. You know who that was. Cardinals drop down to <laughs> 3 5 and 1. Uh, since 2012, it, Colin Kaepernick. Yep. My lord. Um, and, and the Niners, are the, they remain the final undefeated. Um, are the Niners legit at this point? Do you look at the Niners and you say, this is a legit team? I. Yes and no. That I mean, they have beaten some teams that have. Uh, that are decent. They, they, they've, had, they've had a stronger schedule than New England. They've surprised us a few times. Um, division, I'm not going to hold a division like this um, against them too much because division games are a different game. Yeah. Um, the rivalry games are different. Um, you look at um, the uh, the um, Bengals from the, 
this year were terrible and right. they damn near beat the Ravens two weeks back. Like, division games are a different animal. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's it's worth noting um, the Niners did, I, if I'm not mistaken, defeat Seattle, the great Seattle Seahawks. Am I, am I wrong? Uh, they also beat the Rams at one point here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're talking a, a Niners team that, that is, you know, actually looking pretty good. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing about it is their defense. Their defense has been looking like like something pretty insane. Um, and they've, they've made a lot, a lot of teams are very, very silly. Um, and, and even Richard Sherman, old man Richard Sherman, and I, I never thought I'd be calling him old man Richard Sherman. But Richard Sherman, in his early 30s at this point, is tearing teams up. Oh yeah, and and so is uh, and and I gotta I gotta make give a quick shout out because Nick Bosa has been looking like a beast on that end spot there. He he looks like a monster. Uh, he he made a lot of uh, left tackles this year look silly, and that's what we've been seeing just nonstop is him making teams look silly. So we we've got that. Cardinals drop to three five and one. Niners drop to eight and zero. Or I'm sorry, not drop. They rise to eight and zero. Uh, Niners the last undefeated. They're the number one seed in the NFC right now through an eight games nine weeks. So we we get, there's still a lot of football left to play. But right now the Niners leading the league. So they're there, they're withdrawing. There is an interesting stat out there for now that they're the last undefeated team. Oh boy, what's that? Um, it's been 13 years since the so the last team to stay undefeated. Mm. Um, doesn't mean they went, went undefeated, but the, but the last team to lose a, to lose their first game, basically. Right. Um, it's been 13 years since that team has gone on to win the Super Bowl. Oh boy! Everyone since in for the last 13 since the uh, 06 um, Colts um, have either have basically not won the Super Bowl. Some have gone to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but and the, the Rams last year went to the Super went Bowl. Went to the Super Bowl. But yeah. But none have won in the last 13 years. Wow. A that couple could, have actually missed the playoffs. It, it, it could be a first. I think it's kind of interesting that, that you know, it is Garoppolo. It is the situation that we saw um, with the Niners last year kind of faltering in week one and faltering the week after that. And then going with the, the back of the quarterback and all that jazz. I mean, there, there's a lot going on there in, in San Francisco. But it's a completely different team than we saw last year. And it's pretty exciting. I think, I think uh, they've done some great things over there, uh, really putting that team together. Um, next up, you got the Texans and the Jags, 26 to three. The Texans defeat the Jags. Uh, the Texans jump up to six and three. Jags drop to four and five. Uh, the Texans are 10 and two against the Jaguars in the Bill O'Brien era, and that's since 2014. I like Bill O'Brien for the record. I think he's a great coach. I like him a lot. I do too. I, I think he's done he's done, done some really good things over there in Houston. I, I, um, they're gonna. They're they're they've been inching up every year, and they, they had the team last year to, to me, and they, they lost Wolf Wolf Four. Well, they did that twice in a row now, but yep. uh, but their team's getting better and better. Now they're sitting at six and three, and they're they're gonna they're gonna make a splash. I think the interesting thing about the Texans is is and Bill O'Brien in general is we always hear about oh these New England guys they come from New England and everybody thinks they're gonna be good and they never wind up being good and and you know right now we we hear it a lot with Matt Patricia we're, we're always hearing that. Well, here we are, and Bill O'Brien, and everybody seems to disregard that this guy was a New England guy. He's a former offensive coordinator from over there. And he comes out to Houston, and he does a great job. Bill O'Brien has been successful in a lot of different places. He was successful in the college ranks. He was successful in, in New England. And here we are. He's, he's um, you know, been pretty successful in Houston. Has he won the big one? No. He, he hasn't gone and won the big one. But he has been successful here in Houston, and, and really 
put this team uh, in a position where they can make a splash and they can they can possibly win uh, the big one at some point in time. I think he's fully capable as a coach, and I, I don't think uh, Houston's going to be moving on from him anytime soon. No, not at all. But you always hear people say nasty things about that guy, and they're so unwarranted. And and I, I don't like that, that that goes on because he actually has had a lot of winning records since he's been over there in Houston, whether or not he's 48 and 41. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, 48 and 41, I understand that. But, you know, if you really, I mean, it's a winning record overall. But all it takes is one bad season to really tarnish that. But, I mean, so for him to have a winning record overall, he, I mean, a lot of 10 and 6, 11 and 5 seasons, a 12 and 4 season, I think there was. I mean, last year, almost, uh, I mean, he almost made the playoffs. I don't think he did. Must have been. No, they were number 6 seed, right? They were right on the cusp. They won the did they? Yes. Oh, Colts and, Col- Colts and Titans were fighting. Yep. Yeah, they were fighting. That's right. Yeah, Texans did make the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I like the Houston Texans. They're a playoff team that, generally, and, and I like Bill O'Brien. I think he's a good uh, head coach. So, I mean, the Texans getting it done. They're, they're at 6-3 and three right now. They're definitely in the race here. Um, and they're, they're matching up right up there with the Red Hot Colts, who have been, you know, getting it done, too. So, it's a tough division right now. It's generally a, a Texans-Colts race right now, though. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a couple of games here, but yeah. that one got a little one-sided. It got a little hairy. Uh, next up, you got the Redskins and the Bills. Bills beat the Redskins 24-9. The Bills advance to 6-2. and uh, Redskins to 1-8. and as we're, I mean, they're in the cellar right there. The Bills' defense, they've allowed zero offensive touchdowns for the first time this season in this game. Um, the Bills' defense is damn good. I love watching oh, yeah. the Bills' defense. Um, they're one of my, I mean, you know, everybody's got, you know, outside of their favorite team. Everybody's got their favorite team, but but there are other teams that I really enjoy and always liked and always wanted to see successful. And the Buffalo Bills is one of those teams. And maybe it's just me and liking, like, losing ball clubs. It's always been the Vikings, Chargers, and Bills that have always been my top three. And, and, you know, Vikings lost four Super Bowls, Bills lost four Super Bowls, Chargers lost Super Bowls. I mean, it, it, none of those teams won a bowl, and they're just like those black sheet type teams. But, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills, I, it's good to see them at 6-2. and two. It's good to see them getting it done. It's good to see their defense coming alive. Josh Allen hasn't been anything to write home about, but he's playing. But he hasn't been bad. He's, no, he's been an improvement. He's been playing well enough. You know, as a running quarterback, he doesn't. He doesn't uh, um, throw the ball as accurately as you'd like. Let's just face that fact. You, you know, and, and obviously, I, I don't think that's on his radar of, of things to do. It's not on his list there, like it was for Lamar in the offseason. Okay? But he's still kind of an enigma there, and, and people don't know how to handle him. He runs the ball so effectively that he makes it very, very difficult for opposing defenses to handle him. I like the Bills, and it's super exciting to see them possibly getting ready to make a playoff run here, which I would have never imagined would have been a thing um, in this season. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, next up, you got the Panthers and the Titans. Panthers advance to five and three. Titans fall to four and five. Panthers win this game thirty to twenty. Um, it's their first home win versus the Titans in franchise history. Well, you said um, Panthers um, won that game. Yeah, Panthers did win that game. I, I, I think Christian McCaffrey. Well, oh, I mean, it, it could very well be the Panthers. Um, they they had themselves a, a good game over there. I mean, um, you know, I mean, Ryan Tannehill did all right. Kyle Allen did do okay. He did two, two, okay. two touchdowns. I mean, he did have a pick. Christian McCaffrey went off, 
But, uh, yeah, the, the Carolina Panthers uh, getting it done. Uh, there was a safety in this game, which, you know, kind of put the thing away, but I digress. Um, great game. Great game. Mm -hmm. um, Panthers still getting it done with Kyle Allen. The fact that they're still in talks right now, they're 5-3. and three. Um, They're still in talks without Cam Newton at the helm. I think that's kind of a, a telling it's, thing. It's very telling, especially since they've been uh, miserable the season. Right. Um, next up, you got the Vikings and the Chiefs. Vikings lose a heartbreaker to the Chiefs, 26-23. Um, both teams sit at six and three now. The the it was a last minute field goal by Harrison Butker. It was forty four yards as time expired. Um, just an infuriating game as a Vikings fan. Um, you know, and, and <clears throat> realistically, you know, Kirk Cousins. People are, are pretty excited about the numbers that he put up in this game. Oh, he had two hundred and twenty one yards. You know what? He went 19 for 38. He was a 50% completion percentage guy. Big deal. He had three touchdowns. You know what? That 32 yards of that 220 yards that he had through the air was rack yards from C.J. Ham. So, I mean, without those rack yards, and it was a little dump off to C.J. Ham, and C.J. Ham had all kinds of real estate in front of him, and he made the play with his legs, broke a couple tackles, and made a really good uh, move. Had he not had that, Kirk Cousins would have been sitting at, at 188 yards on the day. So, I mean, I, I don't really buy it. Kirk Cousins was so inaccurate on the day. Um, we, I, I actually sent you a video of, of the six overthrows to guys in the flat. Yeah. People people thought I was crazy. I was I was posting on Twitter, like, I was counting them as he overthrew them during the game. And people on, on Twitter were losing their minds like I'm a crazy person. Oh, he's not doing that bad. He's not doing... He overthrew six guys in the flat. And, and that's not including all of the overthrows that he had deeper passes throughout the game. He was so inaccurate in this game, and there was no reason for it. There was absolutely no reason. Everybody keeps up saying, oh, the wind, the wind. The wind was crazy. But I don't really care. You are a $28 million quarterback. Make the well, play. Here's two questions. The first one, what was Matt Moore's, not not, not stats, but I'm just on percentage. Matt Moore did really well. 25 for 35, 275 so, and a So touchdown. the wind just affected uh, Kirk Cousins? Yeah, apparently it only affected um, Kirk Cousins. And that's the other thing. Um, if, it was Pat, uh, if, if it was Patrick Mahomes in this game, I, I, um, even as a Vikings fan, I, I would be satisfied with, with barely losing to... And, right. But when he's there, the best team in football. Yeah. But when it's the backup quarterback, and you got, if you're going to be a, a deep threat team in the playoffs, you got to win these games. And, and here's the thing: like the, the everybody keeps blaming the defense. That's another thing, and it shows me how little a lot of fans know about football. The defense played well. That's something about it. they gave up 26 points, sure, but they they played well. The only guy that really torched him was Tyreek Hill, and it's Tyreek Hill. I mean, you can't. You, you can't sit there and, and, and you know, they, they let up a 91-yard touchdown run again from Damian Williams. It was the first rushing touchdown they gave up all year. If you don't expect to give up a, a rushing touchdown, a big, a big plays to the Kansas City Chiefs, regardless of whether or not Matt Moore is on the field or Patrick Mahomes is on the field, you're sadly mistaken. Okay? But... Um, you know, the, the secondary played decently. Um, there was an ill-advised timeout from, from Mike Zimmer that came late in the game. The Vikings, uh, uh, they, they, Shamar Steffen comes in, sacks Matt Moore, pushes him into Kansas City territory, pushes him back that far, and then they call the next play. The next play is happening. The Vikings had the right play call on. They've got the momentum on their side. They're about to sack Matt Moore. But Mike Zimmer had called a timeout before the play had taken place. When he had all that momentum, 
His guys were all lined up and all revved up and all hot, and they had all the mismatches in their favor. He calls a timeout. Well, the clock is ticking on top of it. The clock is ticking. you got 40, 24 seconds left on the clock. The clock is ticking away, and you're going to call a timeout. Why would you stop the clock? Why would you call a timeout with 24 seconds left on the clock and stop the clock? It just makes no sense to me. Um, you, you wanted to take that thing into overtime. You had the opportunity. It was a bad call by the coaching staff. It was a bad, it was a, a poor job by Kirk Cousins. He is to blame for a lot of his loss. It just, it just is what it is. And, and not to mention, he had he had uh, uh, two minutes and, and 30 seconds. And here's another part of my rant that I'm irritated about. Do you know how many people, how many fans of football don't understand the way a screenplay works? You're going to tell me. It's insane. A screenplay does not just have one route that you throw to. No. You got two deep routes, two to three deep routes, and then you have the one out where you throw it to them and you have a screen of blockers in front of them. That's how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to draw away the opposing defenders. Fans on Twitter were telling me that a screenplay was only, and I repeat, only supposed to be a pass to a guy in the flat. Are you? Are, are these uh, people nuts? Um, I, I, they're definitely nuts. I, I would say that ninety percent of the time it goes to that guy, but your your other routes are there when 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 the quarterback is deemed. Oh, this is gonna. Um, this is gonna end poorly. This is gonna end poorly. That's that's what it's supposed to be. And, and every and, play has a second option. Yeah, and, and a second and third most times. I mean, a third, sometimes even fourth. I mean, the the amount of people that don't understand how a screenplay works is just obnoxious to me, particularly in the Vikings fan base. I, I was blown away by by that. So I mean, and and you know. Here we are, Kirk Cousins, two minutes and 30 seconds left. He gets the ball. It's tied 23-23. He's got an opportunity to drive downfield. Kirk Cousins goes three and out. And he went two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock. Just a little bit earlier, with about four minutes and, and four and a half minutes on the clock, he went three and out as well. He had a chance to put this thing away, and he failed to do so. Kirk Cousins failed his team in this game. It's just what it is. Um, and, and the Minnesota Vikings dropped six and three. They got a tough one coming up against Dallas. Uh, I'm just not not pleased with, with how things went on Sunday. Um, but I digress. That's my rant of the day, by the way. Next up, you've got the Jets and the Dolphins. The Dolphins get their first win of the season against an abysmal Jets team. Dolphins beat the Jets 26-18. to 18. Both teams, they, can't even, they can't even suck properly. Yeah, I know. Both teams are sitting at 1-7. Adam Gase was just uh, you know, embarrassed. People calling for his head, saying he's the worst head coach in the history of the game. I don't know about all that. Um, but it's, it's the Dolphins' first win since week 14 of last year. Um, just insane. Uh, Dolphins are now not in the first round pick discussion at the moment. Right. solo run with the Bengals. For the Bungles there. And and the Dolphins, I mean, they, they got it done. Um, after trading away Kenyon Drake, who we'll get to, uh, who we talked about, um, we, we didn't really get much of an opportunity to talk about him in that 49ers-Cardinals game, but Kenyon Drake went off in that game. The Dolphins still managed to get it done effectively. They did the job. Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like Fitzmagic from last year. Yes, he, did. he looked very good. 
um, and the Jets falter. So we, we've got a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, next up, you've got the Bears and the Eagles. The Eagles top the Bears 22 to 14. Eagles go to five and four. Bears drop to three and five. More regression from the Bears. Uh, Carson Wentz, he has a passing touchdown in 12 straight games, which ties the longest active streak in the NFL. Um, the, the, the Bears are just bad. Trubisky looks bad. Um, and it's gotten to the point where Mitch Trubisky actually, and this is a report that came out today, he wants the TVs turned off at the Bears practice facility because he does not want to hear uh, news stories bashing the Bears. At this, this point, this offense has gotten so bad that it's affecting the defense. Yep. Because I'm, I'm sorry, the defense is still a great defense, but it the is. defense can only do so much when they're always on the field. Yeah, exactly. And and people people say are saying that oh the Bears defense has regressed. Well, no, the Bears and defense has technically regressed. yes because they're not performing, but because they're always in the field, they, they can't they're, perform at the fullest. They're going to give up points. That's the thing. The more you're on the field, the more you're going to give up points. I mean, yeah. I mean that's just what it is. So they're they're on the field constantly. You're right, but but that's the thing. It's it's just a, a law of, of it's not on them. Yeah, it's, it's, that's just how it works. The more the defense is on the field, the more points are going to get given. Especially up. in this league. In this league, yeah. I mean, eventually something's got to give. So I mean, the the Bears uh, they they fall and continue their regression, sitting in the cellar. There. Um, next up, you got the Colts and the Steelers. The Colts lose barely to the Steelers. Uh, 20, 26-24. Uh, the Steelers, they win their sixth consecutive game against the Colts. Um, the Steelers are at 4-4. Four and four. You know, it's kind of an interesting little thing here. The Steelers are suddenly... Back in the mix. They're back in the mix. And they're, they're, they're kind of a dark horse team right now. Um, Mason Rudolph getting it done. Um, it, it's just kind of weird. It's weird how they've come, they've come back. Had the Sunday night game gone a different way, there would also be a different discussion. Yep, yep, there, there would be. Um, the, the stats of this game, I mean, not, Brian Hoyer did come in, and he played decently. I mean, I'm not going to say he here. He played most of the game. Yeah. Reset went down very early. He played decently. we got to remember he got in the end zone three times. He only had 168 yards, which is low, but it's Brian Hoyer. Um, Reset did have 59 yards, so they, they did have over 200 yards through the air. Uh, Marlon Mack played decently, yeah, you know, and and Mason Rudolph. I mean, he didn't play that great either. So I mean, it was it was a really close one. Um, honestly, I and obviously the game ended on a missed field goal, yeah. game winner by uh, Vinatieri. Going to be Hall of Famer Vinatieri. Yeah, and Vinatieri has, has had struggles with that all this year, and and is. The, the humor of it, not, not only did we get to see the, the meltdown video from Pat McAfee, which, which is always entertaining, um, the, the laces situation, the, the holder didn't get the laces in the proper position. Laces out. Yeah, it was laces in. And the laces were in, and it caused Vinatieri to shank the field goal. Um, and it was funny, as, the, as you watch the McAfee video and the, the kick happens, McAfee says, Laces as soon as it happens, and Vinatieri shanks the, the kick. So, I, it, it's it, the Colts will come back from it. Jacoby Brissett, you know, we're we're gonna see, uh, we're gonna hear more about him pretty shortly here. Um, but the Colts, they're, they're gonna be just fine, and and they're gonna continue on the rise. It's a great opportunity for the Texans, however, to take control of this division and seize it. So you you might see that. 
Uh, next up, you got the Detroit Lions and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Raiders beat the Lions 31 to 24. Um, Josh Jacobs had the most rushing yards by a rookie running back in team history in this game. Um, in another game that was not Matt Stafford's fault. It was a, it, it, a lot, most of the games this year have not been Matt Stafford's fault. He's played very good. And so I'm, I'm going to call out, so er, er, they always say for for MVP, like, oh, no, well, wins and losses don't matter. Oh, hell they don't. Yeah, to hell Because if they didn't matter, Matt Stafford's name would be uh, would be all over that list of being up there in that category. Oh, yeah. But you don't, you hear crickets when it comes to his name in MVP. He's having um, a, a, a career year for sure, and... He's up there with, to me, he's up there with Russell Wilson. This is an MVP caliber year. I'm not going to say he's up there with Russell Wilson. I can't go that far. But what I will say is that Matt Stafford has played very effective football, and, and if he had a proper team around him, this team would be a, a contender. Um, and, and, you know, the, the defense, it, it, that, that's been the story this year as far as the Lions go, the defense. And it's kind of a, an amazing thing because you've had this guy who's a quote-unquote defensive guru uh, come in and and really you haven't seen that that you know defensive minded style you haven't you haven't seen that great defense but I think a lot of this and, and a lot of people don't haven't thought about this what is the style the Lions have been running defensively for the better part of the last 10 15 years four three they run four three and he went out and Trisha changed him out to a three four defense. And he doesn't have the personnel to do it, and he's wondering why it hasn't been effective. And I'm sorry. I'm so sick and tired, and this is something I, I, I keep hearing about. And People are crapping on Gerard Davis like, like he's just not any good. Can somebody please understand that this guy has led your team in tackling for the better part of the last three years? Can, is that dawned on anybody? He led your team in tackling. Isn't that what the kind of thing that made Luke Keekley something is so special is his ability to make tackles and lead the teams and lead the league in tackling? I mean, the, really. The basic key of, of a defensive player in general. Right. Tackle and the other player. Tackle. You know, and he makes tackles. I don't, I don't understand why people are, so, are crapping on him so much when there are so many pieces on this defense that have not panned out. And you know what? The Lions aren't going to reside to Rob Davis, and you know what? Good for them. Good for them, because I hope another team goes out and scoops him up and and they just run away with this whole thing. And and, uh, Darius Slay was very vocal this week about about how the Lions weren't getting it done and and how you have, uh, and he he basically bashed the coaching. Darius Slay has one more year on his deal after this, and I don't think he's going to have that year. I think he's going to be gone after this season. Um, and, and I think he's going to wind up getting traded by the Lions, but we'll see. But in any case, the Lions dropped a 3-4-1, still sitting in the cellar there. Um, they've got the tie, and the tie is one thing keeping them alive in this division in third place um, against the, the Bears. So we'll see what the Lions can do in the future, but right now they, they lost that heartbreaker against the Raiders, who, who played really well and uh, got in that with the end zone at the last minute. Fun fact, the Lions called the pass on fourth and one to try and get in the end zone, and they failed to complete that pass. And who was the coordinator that called it? Daryl Bevel, the same guy who was responsible for the Seattle Seahawks and not running Marshawn into the end zone. So, and you know the other fun fact in that play? What's that? You know who wasn't on the field? Who? Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. 
They're both on the sidelines. Yep, those two tight end sets that Daryl Bevel loves. And you know what? That's not – I understand. That's another thing. People have been bashing Daryl Bevel um, regarding this whole thing. You know what? This offense was so bad last year, and Daryl Bevel came out and made this offense one of the top ten offenses in the league this year. So I don't want to hear it. As far as I'm concerned, Daryl Darryl Bevel should probably be the head coach. That's how, that's how I think about it. But maybe that's just my opinion. Now, um, next up, you got the Bucks. Oh, oh, I lost, I lost my my screen here. You see this? You clicked it. I, I it was an accident, Tyler. It, so it's not your fault. Bucks and the Seahawks. Seahawks beat the Bucks forty to thirty-four. Russell Wilson has five passing touchdowns on the day and ties a career high for him. Uh, Seahawks jumped to seventy-two. Bucks dropped to two and six. The Bucks played well. I can't say they didn't. It was a high-scoring game. The Bucks played well in this game. It went to overtime. Um, and and the Seahawks, I mean, Russell Wilson doing what Russell Wilson does. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's all it was. Back on track and, and getting it done. Yep, Seahawks are, are looking like a, the team to beat right now um, in the NFC. I, I really like uh, uh, what Russell Wilson's doing. He's definitely, now, when you want to talk MVP discussion, he's the guy right now mm-hmm. to, to, to top. I uh, it's basically between him and McCaffrey at this stage of the game. So we're going to see um, where he goes from there. Uh, next up, you got the Broncos and the Browns. Broncos 24-19 over the Browns. Um, that, that that rookie quarterback that hasn't seen a single snap in the NFL, uh, he has 193 pass yards, two touchdowns at Brandon Allen. Um, you know, I okay, they, they got it done. Broncos move to 3-6. and six. Browns go to 2-6. and six. Um, Baker Mayfield's been playing like crap. I mean, this is what we expect. This is what we've grown to expect from the Browns at this point. After after all of the hoopla, they are. And can we? Are we going to agree now, Tyler, that they are the second coming of Super Team? 100 percent. They are. They're the second coming of Super Team. Uh, Browns just falter in this one. Uh, Broncos. They played well enough to win. Uh, they didn't play incredible, but they played well enough to win. Um, we want to see if this Brandon Allen kid is the real deal. He hasn't shown that he's the real deal yet, but that 193 yards, two touchdowns wasn't too bad against the Browns. Uh, next up, you got the Chargers and the Packers. The Chargers beat the Packers 26-11. to Chargers with their first home win versus the Packers in franchise history. Packers go out to the West Coast and just get jumped in this game. This is terrible. This is the Chargers team that we've been talking about for two months. That's the one we were hoping. That was a hoping to see. The hell they come from. And they, as well, have been <laughs> quietly winning some games. They're, they're in the mix for a wild card spot right now, too. At 4-5 and five they are, which is weird. It's weird to say. But, uh, you know, we, we had uh, Melvin Gordon show up this week. Yeah. For the first time in three weeks since he's returned. He shows up and he plays good ball. Chargers jump him. They beat him 26-11. to 11. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was awful in this game. He looked like he couldn't get anything going. Aaron Jones couldn't get anything going. Um, Packers fall to 7-2, and two, uh, in, in which, as a Vikings fan, I'm not too upset about because uh, that leaves my boys still only one game behind. It, it, yeah, it helps you out for sure. The, yeah. the entire North lost. Yep, the entire, or the entire NFC North just looked awful. Um, 
and, and you know, the Chargers, uh, they got it done. I want to see if they can continue to, to fire on all cylinders. But right now, they're hot, which is which is making for a good time. Uh, next up, we, we've got a, a game that you were super happy about, that even I was happy about. Uh, Ravens destroy the Patriots 37-20. Uh, Ravens are 11-0 at home in primetime since 2011. Um, the Ravens looked just, like, the Patriots looked lost in this game. Uh, defensively, anyway. The Ravens had control of it. Um, I loved certain aspects of this game and certain things that John Harbaugh did during this game. I loved certain things that Lamar did during this game. Um, and I also, I gotta commend the Patriots on one thing was their offensive game plan. I thought was just brilliant. Um, the no huddle, the fast get up to the line, uh, really kept the Ravens defense on their yeah, heels. Yeah, for a while it, it started to kind of the, the game. The game got bad really quick, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden, um, just at right around halftime, it, um, Ravens got, Ravens fans got quiet because it's that same song and dance you've heard dozens of times again. Mm-hmm. They're down, they come back. The, the Ravens defense and Humphrey even even admitted so in the in the, in the post game like we that that we we, we couldn't keep up with the, with the, the um, no huddle. Yeah, just, was killing the, us. the Patriots no huddle offense was. I mean, you could tell just by looking at the Ravens they were winded, they were tired, they were on their heels. To counteract it, which I thought was really great, John Harbaugh went out, went about executing a, a drive after the Patriots scored that that really was um, very slow, very methodical. Uh, it burned about eight minutes off the clock. The Ravens only had two drives in the second half. Yep, two total drives. One was nine minutes. One was eight minutes. Yep, and, and he burned time off the clock, and it was a scoring drive. But he just burned the clock, and it was it was great to see that you know that, that time of possession I thought was just a major factor, particularly in the second half. Kept the ball out of the Patriots' hands, gave his defense a rest. The style that the Ravens played was so cool and calm. It's and what collective. the Falcons should have done. Right, exactly, and and the Ravens did it right. It was it was just really cool to see. It was it was good. It was like a chess match. Um, watching, you know, John Harbaugh and Bill Belichick go back and forth. I loved seeing it. It was it was fun. Um, the Patriots, that, that no-huddle offense, though, I mean, they, they had it under control. But we got to see that the Patriots' defense wasn't anything that, we, you know, that everybody's been saying. We've been hearing greatest defense of all time, and, oh, my gosh, they were a top-ten defense. After this game, I think it proved not only are they not a top-ten defense, but I think it proved that, that the, the Patriots were all hype, they were all talk, they couldn't hang with big boys, they couldn't get it done, and here we are, Patriots finally get their first loss, they drop to 8-1, Ravens go up to 6-2. and two. I, I The Patriots and, can't hang with the big boys, and the Ravens, to me... And the Ravens' past defense, which has been subpar for the most part, granted, they're now up to like a really strong full capacity, because Jimmy Smith was back this game. Mm-hmm. Made Tom Brady look like ass. Yeah, he they made Tom Brady look look questionable, and there were a lot of occasions where he was very frustrated. This Baltimore Ravens team looks like a Super Bowl team. It's it's scary, and I, I'm I'm trying not to use that Super Bowl team key right now, but it's it's easy to, to get to get hyped. Yeah, you know, it, it's, and it's, that's that's what they're looking like though. I mean, at this at this juncture in time, the Ravens are looking Super Bowl worthy again, which which we haven't seen in, in a couple of years here. And they're looking like a Super Bowl team, which, I, I mean, I, I saw what I was seeing and what I noticed. They, they just looked like they had absolute control of everything that went on. And Lamar was making some very accurate passes. It, it was 
he was just on point. The running game was on point. Mark Ingram making plays with his legs. I, I mean, it was just the, the next five weeks can be telling though. So this is the, they got Cincinnati. So we're chalking that up. That's a w. w. Yep. But the four is that. Um, I, I don't know the order, but it's Houston, Niners, Rams, Bills. A good. And it's, it's in a row too. A good challenge coming for Baltimore. Tough schedule. After that, they got they got Browns and, and Steelers and a couple other uh, easier matchups. But mm-hmm. that's that's a, that's a four. That's, that's a that's a hellish schedule coming up here. Yep, that's gonna be that, a big that, one. that'll be that'll be telling you as far as we know this team's good. We know this team's very good. We do. Those four games will tell us how we're at on that from that very good to good scale, are they? Right. Like they go four and zero in that, like oh, like oh shoot, you're you're talking like. I think they're Super Bowl. And right now, I, I what I see is I see a Super Bowl-worthy team. I think they're fully capable. Um, Lamar's health is a big key because he is still taking hits he really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. He's starting to get better with it, but it's still there. Yes. He, really, he really shouldn't be taking any hits. But, exactly. But he it's still there, and it, it makes me nervous. But, I mean, granted, he is taking less hits than um, RG3 was. Yeah. But and he's gotten better than he was last year. Yeah. And there's that whole key about facing a team a second time as the Chargers were able to expose them in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. So, and you're going to face this team again. And I'm sorry, but um, no matter how you feel on this de- on the Patriots' defense, Bill Belichick's going to be much more prepared in round two oh, he than will he was be. a couple days ago. He definitely will you, be. Ravens, and I think Harbaugh's faced him enough times. He knows. Like, you can't come with the exact same game plan. you, you got to be ready. Exactly. And interesting stat on the Patriots, though. Um, I think it's been since, since 2000. Um... In games in which the Patriots, there are three and six in seasons in which they played a team. If they if they if they lost to the team in the regular season mm-hmm. and then face them in the playoffs, yep, they're three and six in, in the rematch if they lost the first matchup. Wow! So they they can't they really can't recover very well. So so recovery is not quite been there, man. Right. But if Bill Belichick is he's gonna come prepared. And Ravens fans, the Ravens team, the coaching should know better. Look at the Chargers game. We demolished the Chargers in the regular season, and we saw what happened in the playoffs. But they, they don't come unprepared. Yes. But the Patriots, we learned, they are who we thought they were. Absolutely. That's what it is. Uh, and last but not least, you got your Monday Night Football game, the Black Cat Mania. Um, Cowboys and Giants. Cowboys beat the Giants 37-18. Um, Cowboys advance to 5-3. Giants drop to 2-7. Cowboys are 9-1 versus NFC East teams since 2018. 6-8 uh, versus all other teams. Um, Cowboys look good in this game. They, they got off to a slow start. Giants had a 9-3 lead. And then this mysterious, and I guess, it's funny that this is the story of this whole thing. This mysterious black cat wanders onto the field, um, and and it was uh, first of all kudos to the announcers in this game. Kudos to them for being able to not only play by play what was going on with the cat, but also play by play the game all at the same time. The cat was on the other side of the field where the players were playing. Nobody was going to mess with the cat. The cat just was lost. Um, oh, they come from. I don't know. Only in New York, though. But as soon as that black cat showed up on the field, the Giants went downhill from there, and the Cowboys just ripped them to shreds. Um, Cowboys pick up a win in this one. They, they looked good. Uh, typical Cowboy fashion. This is what was expected. Um, and here we are. I, I'm 
hoping, hoping my boys go into next week and, and you know, give the Cowboys a spanking, but we'll see. We'll see what goes on, especially with no Adam Thielen on the field. Um, teams that in their in their in their record against teams with winning records has been a little alarming. Yes, yes. Um, teams that are currently on the bye, the Rams or that were on the bye, Rams, Saints, Falcons, and Bengals um, were all on the bye. Um, Rams have the Steelers next. Saints have the uh, Falcons next. Falcons obviously have the Saints next, and uh, Bengals have the Ravens next. So we, we've got. Um, those games getting ready to come up, and we'll talk about those predictions in a minute here. And Tyler, I want to jump right in. We, we've got uh, a segment that I want to get into just for you. And uh, based on this past week's games, let's hop right in. Let's get it out of the way. Let's talk about it. It's time for Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had we had a fun week. Yeah. Very fun week. You made this one difficult. I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of good matchups though. There's a lot of there's a lot like in that same like ballpark of good matchups that you had to pick from. You you made this one difficult because there were you. I mean, it, it, it's always tough because you get to cherry pick kind of in a way. Because I always wait till the top ten comes out and then I go okay and now I have to find those those hidden gems. I get to kind of swim through it and see what I, else. I is like all the easy ones. Yeah, yeah. You get that low hanging fruit there. But this one was exceptionally difficult. Um, I found five, you know, for the the forgotten five. But um, man, you 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 snagged them right off the top. I could tell. <laughs> I was like, oh man, look at him go. So Tyler hit me number ten. Was that was that we do that big Yeti quote? Damn you! You think I'm the easy ones? Yes, <laughs> you do. You do. Number ten, Kenny Galladay, four receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Kenny Galladay, um, he. You know, there wasn't a ton of receptions there, but there was a lot of big playability there. Uh, he looked damn good in this game, and and that's typical. That's that's what we've grown to expect from Kenny Galladay. He's obviously the number one over there. Mm-hmm. Um, people, a lot of times, you know, it, according to the Lions, Marvin Jones is still the number one. I think they're full of crap. Kenny Galladay is obviously the number one, and he's the better receiver. Absolutely. So, but at, at the end of the day, um, you know, Kenny Galladay getting it done. I like his big playability. I like the fact that he's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. You know, third round, fourth round. Oh, game. yeah. I mean, I like guys like that. And uh, he's grown into a great receiver. He's developed really well. Got to love Kenny Galladay. And it was a great performance for him, even against uh, the uh, questionable Raiders defense. Absolutely. It's all about that pass rush, Tyler. Number nine, and I, I love that this was our uh, kind kind of our um, post-Halloween um, weekend of football, mm-hmm. the ghost of Carlos Hyde um, reappears at <laughs> oh, 19 geez. carries, 160 yards. Carlos Hyde, this is, uh, I believe, the second week in a row that he's had a big game. I think it's the first, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, I think he had a big game last week as well. But Carlos Hyde, um, he he came alive this week against the Jags, um, really spanked him. Uh, it was weird to see Carlos Hyde, uh, it, it's been weird seeing Carlos Hyde just just still hanging around. He had 83 yards last week. Yeah, three is prior to 116. Yeah, so I mean, he, he he's had a couple of, of big weeks here. I I like Carlos Hyde. I think he's a good good player. Um, and and it's he was good when he. I, I'm going to say he was a little above average when he was with the Niners, but he was very injury prone, and that's why not a lot of teams put stock in him. 
and now the Texans. But, but are, then he was bad in Cleveland. He was bad in Cleveland, but then the Texans now are are putting stock in him, and he, he's he's starting to kind of come back to form. I like what he's doing in in Houston there. Number eight, Tyreek Hill, six receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown. This one really chapped my ass. Um, <laughs> you know, it, so Tyreek Hill, he, he, we expect the big plays. You know, that's yes. we we expect that. I expected to get torched by Tyreek Hill. Um, this actually, believe it or not, for 140 yards in, in the time, it, it wasn't as bad of a torching as we've seen from other receivers in the past or against other defenses by Tyreek Hill, believe it or not, even with it being 140 yards. We've seen Tyreek Hill put up 190, 180, 200. We, we've seen that before. But believe it or not, this is his first time on the top 10 or the Forgotten 5 this season. Well, right. And we, we also got to bear in mind that Tyreek Hill was, was facing some injury stuff early on in the season. He was out for a few games. Uh, but Tyreek, and, and he, he just recently came back a couple of games ago. Tyreek is, is um, I expected it because the Vikings uh, secondary has been playing like crap. Um, Xavier Rhodes was the guy covering him, and he's been playing like crap. Um, really the number one corner has been, has been, you know, uh, Trey Waynes, mm -hmm. which is terrifying. Um, but in all honesty, Tyreek Hill, he, he played well against a, a Vikings defense, uh, and, and they exploited that, that questionable secondary. So you got to love what he did there. Number seven. Josh Jacobs, 28 carries, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs has been the weird enigma that has just shown up and has just set the world on fire. He's having, having a great rookie year. Um, mm -hmm. We we were both talking about the last time a uh, Alabama rookie or Alabama running backs or anything good, and we were just talking. We were shit talking uh, Josh Jacobs for a while, and he's uh, mm -hmm. making us eat some words right now. Josh Jacobs. Um, He's 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 such a a crazy player for the Raiders. They they've been utilizing him well. Um, he came alive just just out of nowhere, and and he's been. I I would actually say he's probably in the running for rookie of the year right now. I mean I I think that's that's definitely. that's worth mentioning. I mean he's definitely in the running for rookie of the year. Uh, stat wise, there's not a lot of teams that can that can hold up to him. He's kind of a downhill or uh, uh, yeah, downhill bruising type of back. Um, and none, none of the rookie receivers are doing anything great right now. And this is the first time we've really seen um, an Alabama running back in a long time come out and just hammer it and get it done. Um, and I like it. I like I think, it a lot. I think last one was Ingram. <clears throat> yep. And uh, John Gruden is is utilizing him so well. This, mm -hmm. and, but Josh Jacobs for him, it not only is it can it continue, but it's also a situation of um, does this offense wind up running through Josh Jacobs kind of the way that it does with Ezekiel Elliott and Dallas? Hundred percent. And that's that becomes the question of the day. So they're gonna we're gonna see in the future here if Oakland can get some complimentary pieces for him. But Josh Jacobs is looking like he's going to be the heart and soul of this offense moving forward. Number six, Jamie Garoppolo. First time in the top ten as well. Um, 28 for 37, 317 yards and four touchdowns. Interesting guy. Um, I think if he stayed in New England, he would have won a ring. Um, I, I, I like Jimmy G, and he could wind up – if he winds up – 
Jimmy G could, if if the Niners go above and beyond and they go to the bowl and they win the big one and it's all under Jimmy G, Jimmy G is the second coming of, of the Steve Young, Joe Montana's and, and that that uh, long lineage of, of great 49ers quarterbacks. Definitely. And he's, he's, he's uh, doing a great job this season. Team's still undefeated, and there's not much you can say to ding against him right now. He, he has his up games, his real high games like he had this past week, and he has his down games. We've seen a few of but, those. But even his down games this season exclusively, he's game win. managing. Yeah. He's getting the, the offense is still winning and doing a good job. When, when he's not playing well, he's game managing enough for the, for the running game to be on, off the charts. And not even just the running game, but that defense is there for him. His team has rallied around him. His that's a team. Their their team has rallied. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's crazy to see. Um, you know, I I remember the you know the last time I saw the Niners actually be relevant in this aspect was what nineteen ninety five under Steve Young. You know, maybe ninety six. I mean, you, you haven't seen it in a long time, and and now here's the Niners back. I feel like I'm I'm it back in my the nineties again. <laughs> You know, so it's it's kind of exciting. So Jimmy G getting it done, and I like that a lot. Top five, number five, Tyler Lockett, thirteen receptions, one hundred and fifty-two yards, and two touchdowns. Just, he's some um, shutting a lot of people up on this. Uh, is can he be a number one receiver conversation? He's lived up and and gone above and beyond all expectations. And I I I didn't see this coming. He really he's, has. He's tearing it up. He's gone above and beyond what everybody expected him to do. He's he's shown the world that he's the number one over there. That's what it is. I mean, he, this has been like a coming out party year for him. Um, and and granted, I I we gotta offer up the credit to Russell Wilson because you know obviously Russell Wilson is the guy delivering the football effectively, and and Russell Wilson's out there having an MVP caliber year, but. Tyler Lockett has become a big play kind of guy, and he's mm-hmm. got that speed, and his hands were a big problem. He had he had a problem with drops. His hands have gotten so much better. Absolutely. He's, he's become a big play guy, and now like he reminds me so much of like Devontae Adams. We always talk about Devontae Adams and his big play ability and how good his hands are. This is what Tyler Lockett reminds me of. He reminds me of a guy that, that is a great vertical threat, um, and, and he's, he makes big plays. I like Tyler Lockett. Um and and if 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 Seattle was smart they would stop using him for kick returns. Yes, because <laughs> that's, that's what they use him for, and they shouldn't. Yeah, the same way that Steers were using Brown as a kick returner for yeah, a while. Should not. Um, but um, I'm going to honorable mention real quick. Just we're talking about Seattle. I know he's not in your five, so we're going to bring him up. But DK Metcalf, um, um, he came alive this game as well. He, he looked really well, really good. Um, long time coming. Um, and this. I want to see it consistently, but but good game for for the, for the for the kid there. Metcalf narrowly missed, and the only reason he narrowly missed was was based on the reception total. Mm-hmm. You know that that was the big reason why he missed. Um, the, he he had a low reception total, but he had high yardage. Um, and and it's great that you have that big playability, but I want to know that you're effectively and constantly getting your team first downs, and and that you're not the second coming of Torrey Smith. Absolutely. You know, and so that's and, and Kenny Galladay this week, you know, he's he's he made it there, you know, he only had four receptions, he had a big yardage total, he got in the end zone. And and Kenny Galladay, um, you know, he's your guy one of your guys for your top ten, but I will say that DK he, he merely narrowly missed out on the Forgotten Five this week. He's looking at Lockheed had thirteen receptions, I don't even know his mm-hmm. targets. Yeah. And number four had twelve receptions. Mike Evans back on here, um, 12 receptions, 180 yards and a touchdown. We were originally looking at the beginning of the year like Chris Godwin was going to be the guy there. 
And they've gone back and forth. Yep, and it's every week one of them blows up. on this list. Yep, one of them blows up every week. I mean, and and Mike Evans has been doing a great job over there. Uh, Jameis Winston obviously still loves throwing him the football. I think Mike Evans got a little fire lit under him because everybody was believing that Chris Godwin was the better guy, and I think Mike Evans said, "Nah, nah, I'm going to go out there and, and remind everybody just who the hell I am." And Mike Evans getting it done. I like Mike Evans, and and it's been fun to watch him. Um, and and I think this is the second or third week in a row he's been on a top second 10. for sure. You know, so I, I know last week he was on there for that huge performance. So we're we're gonna see. I want to see if Mike Evans can continue, but he's still one of the league's best receivers. Um, and I want to see and if we're having a couple down years. Yep, and I want to see if Chris Godwin can get back on there as well. Number three, again, the first time he's on the ten, but you've had him on your on your. Forgotten five, either three in a row or three the last five or something, mm-hmm. though. Matt Stafford, 26 for 41, 406 yards, three touchdowns, and interception. The accuracy isn't anything to write home about, but he still is getting it done. Matt Stafford, you know, for, for and, and that's one thing I really hate about Detroit, and, and you know I hate Detroit fans, um, and I'm not a big fan of Lions fans. I think that they, they blame the wrong things and the wrong people for, for their uh, misfortunes. And, and right now they're blaming the wrong things and the wrong people for their misfortunes. I mean, that's just what it is. A lot of people blaming Matt Stafford, and there's no reason to be blaming Matt Stafford. You're blaming a glorified MVP for what he's having this year. He's, right. He's tearing it up. They're, they're the only reason that they're really afloat. Right, He's the only reason they're afloat right now. And, and these people are talking about, oh, well, we should have traded him and tried to get something for him, blah, 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 blah. You know what? Which... I guess in a way is technically true because you're, you're in a position where you're not going to win much, so might as well get something and let Stafford potentially go win a Super Bowl. And, yeah, and at the effort, but you couldn't do it this year because if you traded him this year, you were taking a $25 million cap hit. You're not going to yes. take that. So you you got to wait till after this year, and then you dump him, and then, but it's only a $7 million cap hit. But even then, teams don't like taking that, that large of a cap hit on a player like that. Uh, and have that seven million in dead cap. Nobody likes that, and and I don't but blame. But a team that's a, uh, that's a that's a quarterback away could make a deal and say, hey, we'll cover that cap. Right, and and they could. So I, you never know. But realistically, Matt Stafford's having himself a great year, and people should should quit giving the guy a hard time. Uh, that's that's the truth. It's the honest to god truth. They should stop giving Matt Stafford a hard 100%. time because he's getting it done. And talking about MVPs, Cal players mm-hmm. on number two, Russell Wilson, twenty-nine for forty-three, two hundred or three hundred and seventy-eight yards and five touchdowns. I'm amazed he's number two. That's that's the amazing thing to me, and and I'm I'm hoping that you have something great to offer up as number one because I'm looking and going, Russell Wilson with five touchdowns on the day winds up as number two. Number it was, two. It was a tough pick. I, I would go with Russell Wilson all day in this situation, 378 yards and five touchdowns. You, you can't sneeze at that. He gets the win in this situation. He carried his team to this. That's the, the kicker about the whole thing as well. Lock it help, too. Well, here's the kicker. Russell Wilson's the guy delivering the ball. Russell Wilson put up 378 yards. There were DK Metcalf also had himself a good game. Russell Wilson spread the ball out. He got it done. I got to I got to hand it to Russell Wilson and I got to say, "Hey, you know what? That defense faltered." And Russell Wilson said, "You know what? We're putting this team on my back today and we're going to take this one home." Got the job done. And he got it done. Um I like Russell Wilson, probably the most accurate quarterback in the league. I think he is the future and and I think he's not only the present, but he's the future of the quarterback position. He's the he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion. 
Um, and and I, I used to not like Russell Wilson. Um, I love how he's developed as a passer. And, and he's a guy, he would used to be a running quarterback. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. in the league, we used to say, oh, Russell Wilson, running quarterback. Russell Wilson has developed into a passing quarterback, but he's still kind of mobile with the point where he can extend plays. Where he needs to be. Yeah. That he's doing what he needs to do in order to not only, you know, extend plays and still be a playmaker, but at the same time, he's, he's uh, uh, keeping himself healthy and keeping himself safe and creating that longevity for his career. And that's what I love. I love watching Russell Wilson play. He's not the biggest quarterback out there. He's got a hell of an arm. He's got a great deep ball. He's very accurate. I love Russell Wilson. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's sitting at a 68 completion percentage this year. Yeah. Um, he's in that top 10 realm. He got a couple quarterbacks in the, at 70, but um, that, north of 65, you're looking at a very good season. Right. And and so to me, Russell Wilson, uh, I, I thought he had a hell of a week. I, I like him being in his top 10. I don't know. You better have something big to, to drop this one. <laughs> and, Number one is um in in the real football world is um who's probably his closest competition for MVP, and that and that's that CMC Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. 166 yards scrimmage and uh he got done, he got he got in the end zone not only on the ground twice but also through the through the air once. Um, okay. He's become he's Christian McCaffrey. I don't want to say he's he's become Christian McCaffrey has been like the heart and soul of this team like. You talk about like people like Elliot um putting the team on his back um and and being the, being like the the running pe- like Elliot's a runner I mean, it's what he is he doesn't mm-hmm. but Christian McCaffrey's um pulled helped help this young quarterback and he's he's getting the ball a full bulk of a running back should get like your twenty carries. Would you say he's an offensive weapon? He's an offensive weapon. <laughs> um, he should be paid like that. Cause, well, I guess my point is like a, a lot of your uh, guys who are getting um they're getting the hand the ball off. And getting it through the air. A lot of times you're only seeing them getting like 10, 12, 13 carries right. on top of their uh, receptions. Christian McCaffrey's getting his 20 bolt carries that he would as a full time back and then still leading the team as, as their lead rece- receiver. Um, how he hasn't gotten hurt is actually kind of surprising. Like he's been involved everywhere. Right. And and that's that's the kicker. I, you know, he, he reminds me, and, and right now, especially with the way he's being utilized over there in Carolina. He reminds me so much, and and this is a bold comparison, so please forgive me, but it's he's very Barry Sanders esque, where he's being used in such a crazy capacity, and he's got that ability to jolt and juke and move, and I, I McCaffrey's a monster. Um, he's he's become uh, arguably the the biggest weapon in the league. Um, he's a surefire Pro Bowler. If he keeps it up, he's going to wind up as a surefire Hall of Famer. Um, you you gotta love what he's doing, and it's still a very young career for him. He's he's not, you know, I mean, he's what twenty six, twenty seven, something like that. So I mean, I I look at Christian McCaffrey and I say, yeah, this guy is, has put this team on his back. He's he's definitely in talks for the the MVP um, with Russell Wilson. I'd be surprised if he won it over Wilson, but <clears throat> it is difficult for uh, non quarterback to win it. Yep. So we're going to see if he actually wins it. Last time a, a non-quarterback won that award was what, Adrian Peterson? It was Adrian Peterson. Yep. And if you remember, Adrian Peterson um, statistically um, probably won it by a landslide. Oh, yeah. But when it came on the voting, it was damn close. It was still it, neck and neck. I mean, you're, you're talking about a year where Peyton also still put up 5,000 yards yep. and everything in between it. it I mean, it's, it, it's tough for a non-quarterback to get that, get that, especially in a in season where you're talking about Russell Wilson. You're mm-hmm. talking about... Uh, 
Stafford, Matt Ryan. Sorry, even though they're not going to get it, they're even though they're losing, they're still, they're still in that conversation. Yes. And you're talking about like Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. Like it's it's going to be tough for mm-hmm. McCaffrey to, to bust through that. Yeah, to break through, especially when when you have and and that's my thing is Russell Wilson's playing at such a high caliber at this point. I don't know that he can. So we're gonna we're gonna definitely find out. Now we got um, Tyler. We got another segment here. We're gonna jump right in. Um, it's time for another edition of. Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five, and uh, I've got some uh, got some interesting stuff here. It was it was tough to find some guys, but I, I did find them. Um, so uh, first and foremost, let's get to number five. I want to talk about Emmanuel Sanders. Um, hell of a game. Hell of a game. I. I the kicker about Emmanuel Sanders is he, you know, he left Denver and he he suddenly came alive. Um, he he was iffy when he was over in Denver. Two games in a row, Emmanuel Sanders put up good numbers. He's gotten in the end zone. Uh, this last game, seven receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. He's become a, a huge asset to the Niners over there, and and it seems like he's got a chip on his shoulder a little bit, which which is cool. I mean, especially at his older age, he's still playing at a high level. Um, and he gets it done. I mean, seven receptions. You gotta like like what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing, getting him the football, and uh, Sanders making plays. Oh, hundred percent. He's he's looking good. He's he's looking about six years younger right now. Yeah, and and it's weird. You don't see it often. That's the thing that gets me about it, is you don't see it often where a guy leaves a team and then comes into another team midway through a season and suddenly is performing at like a super high level and getting it done. You don't see that. Last year, you saw Golden Tate come over to the Eagles in Week 8. He was a big trade situation. And what did Golden Tate do? Golden Tate showed up and did nothing for weeks on end. He had one touchdown, and everybody thought he was like an asset. He had one touchdown in the playoffs, and that was it. So, I mean, to me, I this is what you hope for out of a receiver. This is like top-end, hey, I, I traded for this guy, and it works. This is Madden-esque here. You know, like yeah, that's that's what that is. So Emmanuel Sanders getting it done, um, huge day for him. Number four, um, Zach Ertz, nine receptions, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Now for a tight end, that's a high number, 103 yards. Yes, it is. Um, for Zach Ertz, it's kind of normal, I guess, because Zach Ertz is is you know more for most years, but this has been a quiet year for all tight ends. It's been pretty quiet. Zach Ertz, um, the the big number that really set it off for me was the nine receptions. You know, you get nine receptions out of a out of a guy, and and we always talk about this. That means he's moving the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and that means he's getting you first downs, and that means he's getting you where you need to go. Um, Zach Ertz, I mean, he he hammered it. He he got it done. Um, Hundred three yards and a touchdown is is definitely uh, well well within the realm of one of the better tight. And we know he's one of the best tight ends in the league, but that's one of the better performances from any tight end in the, in the game uh, this year. Yeah, I like Zach Ertz. Yeah, you just no. you you look like you're in deep thought over there, Tyler. No, I was thinking about performance this year. I think uh, Hawkinson's probably still the best of the year, which he's been quiet since. But mm-hmm. um, but hundred yard performance out of tight ends is, isn't very common. It's not a common thing. Um, but no, Zach Ertz has proved the last few years that he's he's one of the elite, elite tight ends in the in the game. One today. of the elite tight ends and one of the more reliable targets in the league. I think absolutely. Yep. Uh, number three goes to Kenyon Drake. 15 carries for 110 yards and a touchdown. Huge performance for Kenyon Drake. Absolutely. Um, he he tore it up, and this is this is the type of thing that that blows again blows my mind. You get 
a player traded midseason. He comes out. He was. Ba it's basically been like he's been learning the playbook on the sidelines as the games are going on. Yeah, and he's still being successful. I think Kenyon Drake. And, and you know, you're you're kind of eating this one because you didn't. You said Kenyon Drake's trash. Mm -hmm. And you know, the jury's still out. I understand it's still early. This is fresh out of a trade, but maybe Kenyon Drake needed that change of scenery to be successful. Maybe he just wasn't utilized properly in Miami, which well possible. which it is Miami. We got to bear that in mind. It's Miami. So Kenyon Drake goes to Arizona. He's been good. I want to see if he can keep it up. Uh, number two, you mentioned the receiver. I'm mentioning the quarterback, Jameis Winston, 29 for 44, 335, two touchdowns. He played really well yes, in this game for against really Seattle. Consistently, he's been he's been doing that. And yeah. There's a lot of talk about is 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 it um Evans and Godwin or is or is it Winston and is it a little bit of both? Or? I think it's more so the receivers. the The big thing about Jameis Winston is he's so hit or miss. You never know which Jameis Winston's going to show up every week. I think after this year they're going to wind up moving on from him um, because he's been so hit or miss throughout the year. He's been on the forgotten five a couple of times or forgetful five a couple of times. I know that he's had some low performances. He had he's had some high performances. Um. Winston is just because of his hit or miss. I think the Bucks are going to go see a later. But this performance against a very game Seattle team, I thought was was uh, um, impressive. Uh, he he didn't have the the completion percentage that I would have liked. Twenty nine for forty four. So that means he missed sixteen passes on the day. But he still managed to get the ball over to Mike Evans a lot. He managed do he did manage to get the ball to Chris Godwin, even though it was wasn't a huge performance for Godwin. Of his eight games, he had three north of three hundred, or no five north of three hundred. Mm -hmm. So five north of three straight of of uh, three hundred or more. Yep. So he's he said five north of three hundred, and we're talking nine games in at this point. Eight for him. Yeah, eight. So he's eight. five for eight on three hundred yard games. Mm -hmm. So he's. <clears throat> And one, two, three, four, five games he's been north of a hundred uh, of a one hundred um, quarterback rating. Wow, I'm surprised. So is is the Bruce Arian system working for him then? It could be. I mean, he had one his highest game of the year. He had four hundred yards. He only had he had one touchdown, five interceptions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean, you know, he had no picks this week. There, see, there, and there's issues there. There's accuracy issues there. There's issues with him making his reads in those situations. You know, he puts up a gaudy yardage number, sure, but when you're talking a guy that's, you know, throwing one one touchdown, five interceptions, well, then we have an issue. Um, and number one on this list is a guy that actually has, you know, he wound up on, on Tyler's top 10 a few weeks ago. Now we're talking about him on the Forgotten Five. Marvin Jones, eight receptions, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you brought up the quarterback. I'm bringing up the receiver in this and one. I brought, I brought up the quarterback and one of the receivers that I yep. left one off. And and the reason I like Jones so much, and, and I actually do like him better than Galladay in this situation, is because of the receptions. Eight receptions you know, means he's moving the ball on several downs here. Um, it's not a big banger bust type of play. And and so you get to see Marvin Jones. He's been consistently more effective over the course of the last several weeks. Uh, we saw him get real hot in the Minnesota game for four touchdowns in that one. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was torching the Vikings' corners. And here we are, Marvin Jones, eight receptions, 126 yards. It's been a very consistent performance for him. Matt Stafford's getting him involved, which is something we haven't seen uh, quite so often since he's come to Detroit. Um, and Marvin Jones winds up getting his, his first number one on the uh, the Forgotten Five, which I yeah. think is kind of exciting for him. And I think it's probably his first number one on either thing, really. I don't think he's had a game like that yet. 
I think he's been he's been in the top ten one time. That's and that's just in that yep. one week against against uh, Minnesota. Yep. And now, uh, Tyler, this is again your your favorite part. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and crap on some players. Yeah, that... who, who sucked this week? Who was in the world of suck? Well, I even have an honorable mention for this, and that's going to be Kirk Cousins. My boy Kirk Cousins, he played like absolute trash. Um, he had a 50% completion percentage, 19 for 38, uh, 220 yards, missing wide open receiver. Six passes in the flat just sailed on him. Just missed wide open guys with tons of real estate in front of him. He had a grand total of, I think, 11 overthrown passes in this game. Wow. Um, he had two drives in the last four minutes that resulted in three and outs, one of which where he hit a guy in the flat for no reason at all um, and, and lost seven yards on the play. Uh, Kirk Cousins didn't get it done against a Chiefs defense, and they, did the Chiefs defense play well? Eh, okay, they played okay. But uh, this was the Vikings game to lose, and Kirk Cousins didn't get it done in a big game situation. Once again, big game situation, he turns into a pumpkin. So, I mean, this is what we get. Um, sometimes out of Kirk Cousins when it comes to those big game situations, most times, really. And, and I'm waiting for that time. It's a little alarming. Yeah, I'm waiting for that moment when he finally just wakes up in these big game situations. He, The Vikings have a tough schedule coming up. They have a tough stretch. And um, he's going to have to turn it up and win some of those games. They've got a winnable game against the Chargers. they got a winnable game against the Broncos. But then they've got tough games against a Chicago defense that beat him earlier but, in the year. But that game's going to be very hard to that game's gonna be a hard game to win. The same Chargers team that we just saw shows up. Mm-hmm. And then you got a tough game against the Packers coming up. you got a tough game against the Cowboys next week. I mean, the Vikings have a tough stretch coming up. They're going to have to step it up and get it done and win some big games. Otherwise, we're going to see another 9-7 and team that winds up missing the playoffs again. And, and that scares the hell out of me. Really, yeah, it, it does. Definitely possible. Um, so, so that is going to be a thing. Now, as for the forgotten five or the forgetful five, rather, um, Aaron Rodgers winds up at number five, twenty-three to thirty-five, one sixty-one and a touchdown. Now, Aaron Rodgers, he had a good uh, uh, accuracy. I mean, twenty-three to thirty-five is good, but just one hundred and sixty-one yards and a touchdown. He doesn't throw a pick on the day, but he gets held at bay by a very questionable. San Diego Chargers, well, L.A. Chargers, whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days, a very questionable Chargers defense that's missing two starting safeties, mm-hmm. um, and he gets held at bay uh, and, and can't get it done. 161 yards and a touchdown, just not a very Aaron Rodgers-like game, and they got jumped. Aaron Rodgers got jumped by the L.A. Chargers. Um, next up, number four, you got the Tampa Bay Bucks defense. They allow over 500 yards of offense, um, 40 points against them, five passing touchdowns, uh, giving up to giving up to Seattle, uh, particularly Russell Wilson. Um, the Seattle defense didn't have a very good day either, but nothing compared to what the Tampa Bay Bucks defense wound up having against them. Absolutely. And and uh, number three, and a guy we've been consistently seeing on here, Dwayne Haskins. 15 for 22. That's his first time on here. Is it his first time on mm-hmm. the Forgetful? I think we've had him on here before. Um, I think we gave him a, I think he gave him a pass because he didn't play four uh, games. 144 yards. He just doesn't get it done. Um, decent accuracy, but just 144 yards on the day. He got the start. He got the call. Um, at this point, Washington doesn't know if he's going to be the the, def, the definitive starter. The, they're not sure. I mean, nobody seems to know who the hell the starter is in Washington anymore. Um, number two, a guy that we've never seen on the Forgetful 5 before. Saquon Barkley winds up on the forgetful five. He he goes 14 carries for 28 yards, 
Just a two average against the Dallas Cowboys. I blame the cat. <laughs> You're going to blame the black cat. Is that <laughs> it? That's you blaming the cat. Uh, Saquon doesn't get it done. Um, just a two average. Uh, this is probably the worst game I've seen Saquon Barkley have in the league since he's been in the league. Um, normally he has at least 50 yards. This was just a miserable performance. The the uh, Giants offensive line not blocking for him. He's not running well. I, I just don't understand. Um, and last but not least, a guy that uh, has been just declining and declining and declining. Number one goes to Mitch Trubisky. Whew. 10 for 21 under a 50% completion percentage, 125 yards on the day. The first, after the first half, I believe, um, the, the, the Bears offense had a total nine yards or something. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they just gave up. I, I really do. I just feel like the Bears have, have just given up. You know, and, and what's crazy is is this is the same guy as last year. Mitchell Trubisky, but if you look at the numbers from last year, Mitchell Trubisky was not throwing the ball even this much last year. They had all these trick plays, and Matt Nagy had all these different things and all these different looks and all these different handoffs and switches and, oh, we're going to do this this reverse here, and we're going to do this and that, and I'm going to do this fake handoff with a little toss to the outside. and we, we saw all these trick plays. I think Matt Nagy may have showed his hand a little early in this one when in his coach, for the first time in his coaching tenure. Am I wrong? No, I. This I, it's hard to believe that just it's more than just a running back leading the team has caused this. De- like you predicted the uh, the downswing, but I don't think you predicted it to be quite this bad. Right. You know, and and that's uh, um, it's just confusing. Mitch Trubisky doesn't look like like he's getting it done. Um, and he hasn't been. Uh, the Bears are sitting at three and five. They're in the bottom of the the NFC North now. And uh, this is probably one of the worst performances I've seen, and uh, it's no wonder why Mitch Trubisky wants the TVs turned off. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's it's horrible. So uh, he tops out the forgetful five, and and that's all I got, Tyler, for for that segment there. Um, just ugh. Um, and so we're gonna take ourselves a quick break, and we're gonna hop right back. We got some news around the league, and we're gonna get into some predictions. And uh, we're going to roll on out of here, Tyler. Um, So we will be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, now. Get ready. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, the fabulous Monks. Got a great time along with the uh, titillating Tyler Dean. In the Ravens win edition of the Outside Blitz. We will never have a Ravens edition of the Outside Blitz. <laughs> there is nothing that, that would ever 
make this Ravens edition. It's celebration week. It's not a celebration week, okay? They are who we thought they were, okay? That's about it. But it's definitely not Ravens I, edition. I, I want to go full uh, Jesse from Seat by the Bell. That's an old classic for you. Remember that one? What, what, what? I'm so excited. Oh, just stop. I just can't. Uh... Just stop. But Tyler, one thing that we do have. The Minnesota Vikings have claimed safety Andrew Sandejo off of waivers as of about 15 minutes ago. Why? Why not? Anderson Dayo's good safety. Do you need him? I maybe. Yeah, that's the kicker about this whole thing. So the Vikings, the the secondary hasn't been playing up to snuff recently. Um, they get a good safety off of waivers. Um, I you know look, I like Will Harris. I think he's he's definitely performed well. Um, when Sandejo was hurt last year, Will Harris was was great. But the Harrison Smith Anderson Dayo combo was always really good in Minnesota. The Vikings get a good safety off of waivers. For next to nothing. And uh, the Eagles continue to just give away parts for having one or two rough games um, under, you know, their their shield there. So, I, you know, to me, this is a good pickup. I, I like Anderson Dejo. He's, he's a big, hard-hitting safety. He's kind of a ball hawk kind of guy. Um, I like this move. I think it's it's smart. Yeah. No, he's a good player. Um, and he knows the Zimmer system. He it's does. a reunion of sorts. I, I just don't think it's worth holding on to both those safeties because he's going to obviously replace, uh, uh, shoot, I can't think of his name. Harrison Smith? No, not Harrison Smith, the other one. Oh, Will Harris. Yeah, Will Harris. Well, the thing they is... they got two guys you're paying, and I, I don't know. It could be good. Um, Harris he Harris performed really well in the Atlanta game in Week One. He's been really quiet ever since. But Harris has been making good tackles. I don't know um, what the plan is for Minnesota picking up Anderson Dejo. They've obviously got some sort of eye on him. There's obviously some sort of bias there, in a way, um, because he's a former Viking. You know, I, I think that has for a sure. lot to do with it. So knowing your system is important. Yeah, and and. Sandejo comes back, and I, I, you know Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is a defensive-minded coach. He's kind of a if, – if there was any time to call a head coach a defensive guru, it would be Mike Zimmer or, or possibly John Harbaugh. I mean yeah, – I mean, Harbaugh's a special teams guru. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're, if you're talking defensive-minded defensive, defensive -minded coaches, you're talking about guys like Mike Zimmer. And, and Zimmer has notoriously had a great defense throughout his entire tenure in Minnesota – and here we are, you know. Zimmer goes and he he picks up um, uh, he picks up a, a good hard hitting safety. And Tyler, that's my, this, is, no, 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 this is my freaking news. Darius Geis is back on the board. Space and have pulled and have um taken him off of IR. And he's back on the active roster. Oh, my Lord. He's finally back. Uh he's Darius, one game in a season and a half. He's so hit or miss. You never know which Darius Geis is going to be. Do you know he's played one game? Well, he's hit or miss in the fact that he's always hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said that, he's been know, active for one game. He went 10 You, you never know which yards. Darius Geis is going to show up. Is he going to go out and break his leg again the next play? I mean, he's, he's so injury prone so far. He's proven to be injury-prone so far, and here we are. Darius Guy's finally active again. He's back on the board, finally again. That's exciting. 
Do you um, think even, he finishes the season on the board? I, I hope so. I yeah. sure hope so. For for you know my sake, I hope so. <laughs> um, I like Darius guys. I you know if if the guy could stay healthy, he'd probably be one of the better uh, running backs in the league. But he, well, he just, one game, he, he had a bad average. Yeah, you know, and he also got hurt. You know, I mean, I just it, eh, eh. okay. Let's find out. Let, let's <laughs> let's give him time. Let's hope he can survive. Um, so we got some news around the league. Perhaps the biggest news, Tyler, though, that came up. This is not breaking news, though. The Panthers have placed Cam Newton on IR officially for the rest of the season. Um, Kyle Allen will be starting moving forward. Ron Rivera says he's not going to discuss scenarios of taking uh, Cam off of IR. Now, I guess the big question here, given the contract situation, given the fact that Cam is uh, a, you know about to be in a contract year, if you're the Carolina Panthers at this point with all the injury issues that Cam Newton has had, are you moving on from Cam Newton? I think so. I, Is I it think time? I think, I, think it's, I think it's time. I He's been hurt on and off, and um, you got a quarterback who's playing well enough to you're, you're in the playoff race. And it, right? You're, you're, and that's, it's, it's, it's time. That's the big question. You know, are they in the playoff race? And really they are. They're, they're right on the cusp. They're trailing behind Minnesota, who's number six right now. They're not going to beat the Saints out. Let's just face that right away. They're not beating the Saints out in their division. No. They're trailing Minnesota right now. Minnesota is number six, but they're a game behind. You know, and and that's without Cam Newton on the field. And and Kyle Allen is he great? Eh, not really. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Kyle Allen's a great great quarterback. I'm not going to say he's bad either. But he, he's not bad either. He's been a very decent game manager. He's just kind of been there. Um. And, and nobody's been giving him a lot of love because Christian McCaffrey has just been doing work. I mean, let's let's face that reality as well. It's, this has been Christian McCaffrey's team, like you said earlier. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I, I, is it time to move on from Cam? I think with all the injury issues, yeah, he's got a, can, a contract year next year. You could probably deal him and get something for him. I don't know what the cap is. I would have to – a cap hit would be to, to just straight up dump him. Um, I don't know that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up right now. But at the end of the day, if you can get something for Cam Newton, I think you almost have to. You know, you you would be dumb not to. Um, you, you just you gotta ask that question. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent in two thousand after the two thousand twenty one season. Let's see here. Um, to drop him, if you if you were to drop him this year, it would be nine million in cap space. But if you dropped him next year, it would be two million. Now let's face also the fact that that Cam Newton is only thirty one. I mean, he's on IR, so he's not going to come this year. He's not. He's not affecting any. Right. So it'd be next season, and two mil is not bad. Two mil is not bad. Um, and and really, they. But if you, what if you dealt Cam Newton? I guess well, that's you, the question. You don't cut Cam Newton. You're going to have at least ten teams that want Cam Newton. You deal Cam Newton. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I'm 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 looking at there. You you deal Cam Newton. Um, you even if with the two million dollar cap hit, you you just deal the man. So that, there's teams out there that could really want him. Um, other guys that you might be dealing here, uh, the Jets just placed Tremaine Johnson on IR. He's out for the rest of the season. Um, Tremaine Johnson, a, a guy that got a big deal, um, not this uh, past offseason, but the offseason before, and has underperformed with the Jets ever since. Um, mm-hmm. he, he just hasn't been playing up to snuff. The Jets have been all over him. How much of it is, is Tremaine and how much of it is Adam Gase? How much of it is the fact that he doesn't want to play for Adam Gase? How much of it? I mean, there, there's a lot of issues. Well, it's there. Not, it's not, let's not act like he was good before Adam Gase either. I mean, he's been well. Tremaine Johnson was was a top corner for when he got signed to that new deal. 
He really did. But he wasn't and good last season either. He, he wasn't good last season. Uh, I'm not going to say he wasn't good. He was decent last season. I But this season, he's been rough. Um, I, I think I Tremaine think John... I think he finally sees that this team's not going anywhere with and, their new quarterback. And that's something that I'm, I'm believing is, is I think he's just tired. I think he just doesn't want to be there. I think there's it's a volatile situation. Um, you could see Tremaine Johnson go out the door as far as just a straight up release because of you know the fact that it's such a um, a volatile situation because of the fact that people have such um, uh, an issue with the guy. I mean, you, you look his contract is still through 2023. Um, they've got a potential out after next season. But I don't know if you're going to want to trade him next season because if you trade him next season, it's a $12 million cap hit. Oof. I don't know that they're going to want to do that. They do have a potential out after next season. Um, there's a lot of questions there. But as of right now, Tremaine Johnson, he's a 29-year-old corner, and he's a good corner. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he's he's a shut-down, lights-out guy. But he was good when he was with the Rams, and, and I think he's going to be good um, if he goes elsewhere. It's just a matter of the Jets trading him away and making that concession and that's I mean that's a 12 million in dead cap is a lot to deal with it just is and they can't dump him now because according to the uh, um because according to the the CBA you know if you if you do uh, dump a guy while he's on IR you're violating the CBA and that's problems so I mean they, they got a lot of issues there but uh, Tremaine Johnson does hit IR um, and he'll be out for the rest of the season. Uh, guy that won't be hitting IR, though, Le'Veon Bell, he had an injury to his uh, knee and ankle over last weekend. Uh, the MRI re- reveals no structural damage. He'll miss some practice time, but he is expected to play for the Jets uh, this weekend. Um, is, if you were the Jets right now, sitting in the cellar, you just lost one to Miami, are you starting Le'Veon Bell after you paid the guy $15 million? They don't care. <laughs> but are you? I mean, just I'm, I'm asking I wouldn't, you. But, um, I wouldn't either. But the owners would say if he can play, he plays because uh, he's going to get us ticket sales. This mm, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So Le'Veon Bell, um, I mean, he he's going to be uh, uh, questionable going into this upcoming week. They they could start him. Um, Arden Key, the defensive end for the Raiders, he's out for the remainder of the season, placed on IR with a broken foot. It's all about that pass rush, Tyler, and that pass rush just seems to go away. Um, without Arden Key, yeah, over there in Oakland, um, Arden Key will be out for the remainder of the season. He's placed on IR. Um, does this kill the Raiders? It hurts. It, I, it, I, I think they're kind of already in a hurting spot anyway. That winning against the Lions helps. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in the contention. They are. So they're, they're to in me, second to in me, the division. You, you got the you got the Bills. They're kind of on on their way to locking in the number one right wild card. Well, yeah, the, the, the five, five seeds. Seed, they're yeah. lacking the the five seed. Um, it's a very interesting race for the six seed. Because you have Chargers still you in, have the Chargers in the back in it. In the you, have, you have uh, the Steelers back in it. Yep. Um, technically, you have the Broncos in it, but I'm I'm gonna say no. It's not gonna happen. It probably won't. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Like, I, I you got Raiders, you got Chargers, you got Steelers, you got Titans, you got Jags. Right. And I feel like I'm missing someone, too. But there, There's a handful of teams that are still in the mix here. For that. I, you're talking about a, you're talking about 9-7 and, seven and um, possibly 8-8. Eight and eight, um, claiming you, the you got Colts. 
Colts, Colts are in too. there. Yep. Um, that will depend on Brissett's injury. Yep. Um, which we haven't heard too many details on yet. Well, well, we do know what it was. I mean, and, and I can get right into that. Uh, no, Brissett, we still know long term. Yeah, Brissett, he did suffer an MCL sprain against the Steelers. He'll likely play on Sunday against the Dolphins, but Brian Hoyer could still get the start. Um, on Sunday against know. the Dolphins, um, I would I would be starting Hoyer all day. Here's what I would do: I would not rule Brissett out. Which means because you rule out, he can't play. Right. You have you 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 make him active. You bench him. You have Hoyer play mm-hmm. three quarters. If for some reason things are going weird, then you put Brissett in. Yep. But if Hoyer's getting can, it done, yeah. Don't um deactivate uh Brissett for the game. Yeah. Don't don't make that premature. Assuming he can, he can play. Assuming he can play. Exactly. Um, if he's able to play, don't deactivate him. Um, have him sit just to just to get help another week. Have Hoyer play if you need it. They shouldn't. Yeah, because he almost <laughs> beat Steelers with. He, he almost did. Um, which okay, they should have beat Steelers. Yeah, they I made agree. Their, their very makeable field goal. Yep. Um, laces out. Laces out. <laughs> um, then you put Brissett in if things get if things get hairy. Exactly. That's what I would do if I was the head coach. Yeah, that's I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Um. Now, an, another guy that just got uh, reactivated, and uh, he's been named the starter, Nick Foles, gets named the starter of the Jacksonville Jaguars over Gardner Minshew. Uh, this <laughs> as, this comes at the uh, off the heels of a, a very rough Gardner Minshew performance. He had a great yardage a couple, total. Really? Yeah, but, but he couldn't get in the end zone. Um Minshew, I mean, he's still playing well, and I, I think, I think, you know, Gardner Minshew, he, he, he's going to be a guy you're going to have to work with, and you're going to have to develop. Um, and and they they haven't taken the time to develop Gardner Minshew. They haven't taken the time to give him a real opportunity. Um, he's going to need some time to develop. And it's just what it is. I'm tired of Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles is overrated. Um, I understand they paid the man and they want to see if he can, you know, turn it up and get the Jags where they need to be and blah, 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 blah. But I'm not sold on Nick Foles. And I think this is a, a bad move by the Jags. I think Gardner Minshew should be, should be. You ready for one of my wild and crazy, um, bold predictions I throw every once in a while? Please tell me you don't think Big Nick, Big Dick Nick is going to show up. Big Dick Nick is going to perform at such a level that he gets benched before the end of the season. <laughs> I hope so, because I'm so sick of hearing about Minshew Nick Minshew will be back in the game, and not because of injury, because Nick's gotten benched. Yeah, and that's what I hope happens, I and that's a, a good, bold prediction. I'm happy with that prediction. How but, pissed will you be if Big Dick Nick takes him to the playoffs? I'll be furious. I will be friggin' furious. I hate Nick Foles. Um, with a fiery passion, I think he's the most overrated quarterback in the league. He gets hurt all the time, and then he comes in. And, oh, or he's sitting on the bench. Oh, well, I'm here to pick up, you know, the the, the scraps and look like a hero. And uh, yeah, I just don't buy it. Could you imagine they won the Super Bowl? I'd be furious. <laughs> I'd be so mad. <clears throat> um, so there's that. Uh, next thing uh, we got is Deshaun. Deshaun Jackson, he's done for 2019. He's supposed to undergo surgery to repair a core muscle injury uh, that he suffered. Um, this is a killer for, for I think, for the Eagles. Um, they lose their, their long ball guy over there. I mean, Elshon Jeffrey has always been the number one over there. But you know the guy that was on the streaks was always Deshaun Jackson. 
You know that Nelson Aguilar is in the slot. This is actually a hit for the Eagles here. Um, it's the end of the NFC East um, division leader curse. You think so? The Dallas Cowboys now have a landslide victory to take the division. <clears throat> and and it's over. And you think it's done just based on that, huh? I already thought they were going to win the division as it was. <laughs> yeah. This just solidifies it. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to gonna go... Um, Go ham for the rest of the year. I'm I'm a little nervous uh, about this game for my boys this weekend, having to take on a very hot Cowboys team. Um, you, I'm I'm with you. You could see the curse end this this uh, this year. So I mean, this is going to be kind of an exciting uh, thing to to watch and pay attention to. Speaking of that division, the Redskins uh, left tackle Trent Williams. He told reporters this uh, this past week that he had a cancerous growth removed from his head this year that had gone undiagnosed for six years. Uh, the NFLPA is investigating whether or not he received proper health care by the Redskins mm. staff under the CBA. Um, do you think that, that this is going to, you know, and, and for, according to what we're hearing, this is a situation where the doctor, it was almost like football was more important than his health. You know? Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and that's kind of where it's directed. And if this does hit the fan, this is going to be a huge violation of the CBA. And this is going to be a um, huge issue, uh, uh, you know, for um, the, the NFL and the collective bargaining agreement and for the Players Association. This is going to be a, a huge grievance. And you could very well see this one wind up in federal court if they define that the Redskins doctors weren't doing right. The NFL has said that they're going to go ahead and uh, um, issue disciplinary action as they see fit, but uh, we are going to see how that goes in the future. But this is this is a developing story here um, when it comes to Trent Williams, and it kind of uh, says a lot about why he's been you know holding out and not around, not just because of contract stuff, but because of this issue. So uh, we we've got that type of stuff going on. Um, We've got a few uh, other things. For example, Mark Walton, the Dolphins running back, he got suspended for four games for violating the NFL substance abuse policy. Um, he was in that last game um, against the Jets, but now he is sitting on the bench for the next four games for the substance abuse uh, violation. Um, does this hurt the Dolphins right now? I got to ask. <laughs> Does this hurt the Dolphins? It doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I don't think it matters. Ballage now comes back in as a starter. I like Ballage. That's a Ballage, Ballage, whatever the hell his name is. I mean, he's he's always been a good runner, and, and I feel like they should be leaning on him more. He's on, on the year, he's got a 1.9 average. Well, that's because they barely use the guy. A lot of backups have pretty decent averages for coming in when they have to. Yeah, to me, they're just they're not utilizing the guy the way they should be. I mean, he, he had a very good game last season against a very game Minnesota Vikings defense and scored touchdowns, a long one, 80-yard touchdown against them. Um, Vikings defense has always been very good against the run. Um, when he gets the, the, the rock and when he's given the opportunity, he is ready to go. So... Um, I mean, I don't think this this damages the Dolphins right now because the Dolphins are, you know, obviously in the cellar. But you know, this this uh, it, it still is. They still have games to play. We understand that they they could be playing playoff spoiler here. Um, we understand they basically have to win out to even have a oh, chance at a wild card. Going to they, they, hey, you know what? They they got to win out if they you know they really anybody's still in the mix mathematically. Dolphins are actually out. At one and seven, yes. How are they out? They've lost to teams that are 
They they got Cleveland's the lowest team that can make it this point. All the mm. all the one win teams in the AFC are out. I was just reading an article earlier. Oh boy! So Dolphins, Jets, and Cincy are out of the equation. That's really early for teams to be out. Mm-hmm. Week nine. They got they there are, there are tiebreakers that they that they would be guaranteed to lose even if they won out. Jeez, oh pigs. Um. So well, that doesn't really affect anything. But just so you know, Mark Walton is out. Tyler, just throwing that out there. I know you don't care. I know a lot of the listeners probably don't care, but that's just what it is. Okay, he's out. Am I clear? You're clear. We good there? Okay. Um, next up, we got uh, the, this one was kind of interesting. The Browns waved Jermaine Whitehead after threatening a fan in a racism-filled social media post. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to read these. I did. They're pretty hellacious. Um, wow. I don't blame the Browns for cutting the guy. Um, he's a good player. Um, I I don't understand why. What do you gain from threatening fans? He even put his address in one of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we should send him something. <laughs> send him a card. Sorry. Sorry you lost your job. It's <laughs> just my condolences. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I want to send Jermaine Whitehead a sorry you lost your job card. <laughs> um, so... The- it's so bad. Uh, I, I feel like putting your address out there as an NFL player and then in that fashion, like you're just asking for trouble. But to like, he's just like, he's going to get an anthrax letter in his, in his mail well, at some point. That's kind of what's going with this. Um, to any of you stupid enough to, to, um, to any of you plan on sending him anything, don't send him anthrax or, yeah. <laughs> for something because this is this is my this is my um public service announcement it's today. technically a federal it crime is a pretty big felony yeah. to send any um bodily fluid through the mail or or attack anyone with bodily fluid tyler would know <laughs> yeah i but, didn't press charges just so you know <laughs> but, but just saying like there are people stupid enough to try to do something that just to just to Get back at him for making stupid yeah, comments. making stupid stuff. Don't I mean, be that guy that's on NFL.com because you sent um Whitehead poop. You you know there's going to be that guy. I know. You know it's going to happen. I know. It's just the reality. Um, Verdi Chagney got arrested for um, sending poop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Verdi would even be that bad. Um, so uh, the Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard, he's back in concussion protocol. He missed Cowboys game, the Cowboys game on Monday night, and uh, yeah, he is uh, back under concussion protocol. Is Sterling Shepard an injury-prone liability for the Giants at this point? Is the contract a bad yes, contract? Yes, he's not number one. Yeah, you you don't think so? Hell no. Well, and here's the problem I have with that: I don't think Golden Tate's a number one either. No, they got two number twos. Yeah, I, I, I don't think uh, I, I think Sterling Shepard's capable of being a number one. I just think he's been too hurt to be a number one. I mean, he's been on the bench a lot this year. True. Yeah, but he's been. I, a, I just don't. I, 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 don't think he's number one. I don't think he's capable of being a one. I think he's capable. It's it just it, it's a development thing. Um, you got to let him build. You got to you got to let him get built. A lot of teams will take that, and and your boys, you know, your boys over there at Baltimore, kind of. You know, they did this a few years back. They went out and picked up Anquan Bolden out of uh, <clears throat> Arizona. He was a, a number two that they said, you know what, we're going to make this guy a number one. And they did turn him into an effective number and, one. And, and and they absolutely did. But um, fast forward a couple years later, they tried to do the exact same thing with Torrey Smith. Yeah, and obviously and that Torrey did Smith, not work. Torrey Smith was a, an over-glorifying streak back. 
Um, you know, that's that's what he was there for. He was meant for streaks. Um, so, I mean, you get that, and, uh, you know, it's okay. You know, I, I think Sterling Shepard will be a, will be a number one. Um, he's going to be looked at as the number one. You, you might see the Giants make a move for a receiver, but I doubt it. Um, Too late now. Yeah, well, maybe like in the draft and whatnot. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. So we got AJ Green? Yeah. Jeez, Since he could have gotten a virtual graphic for him. Um, and also, the Vikings wide receiver, Adam Thielen, he re-injured. Well, and he, he didn't even re-injure it in this game. He just said it was feeling tight. Um, they pulled him out of the, put him on the sidelines. He's listed as doubtful for Sunday's game against the Cowboys. Um, Thielen's a huge piece of this Vikings offense. We see mm -hmm. them perform very differently without him on the field. Um, we saw that on Sunday against the Chiefs. We saw it against the Lions. Well, and it was a kind of a re. They're, they're saying re-injury because he did play, but then he left the game an injury. Yeah, and so that's, it, that's the reason why they're calling it a re. -injury. Yeah, I guess I guess he, you could say it was re-aggravated. Um, he said it wasn't even according to to him, it wasn't even re-aggravated as much as it just felt tight, and he didn't want to risk re-injuring it or hurting it worse. Um, but he will be out. Um, won't be playing against the. Uh, um, the Cowboys this upcoming Sunday. Um, I, I he's listed as doubtful. I think he's out. Um, now a guy that uh, will that could make his debut on Sunday, however, is considered day to day after not participating in practice due to ankle swelling, is AJ Green. He was set to make his debut on Sunday against the Ravens. Um, according to uh, what we're hearing, AJ Green had some ankle swelling. He sat out in practice. We'll see if he makes his debut on Sunday. Uh, somehow, I don't think you're too worried about that, are you? I mean, AJ Green obviously gives it that sense that it's possible. Mm -hmm. If Andy Dalton was playing, yeah, but Ryan Finley's in the game, and has he even started yet? Because they were on a bye, weren't they? They were on a bye this past. So we're week. getting Ryan Finley's debut game. Yep. Which I kind of have some. Uh, no, go ahead. I, I, I'm not sure I can find. Out. I don't want to screw this up. It's just going to be a beating. No, because Ravens—they're talking about how they're uh, how they're planning for him. Oh, so you're just going to blitz the hell out of the poor bastard, is well, what I'm hearing. Raven, here it is. Ravens look at YouTube and college film to prepare for Ryan Finley. Because there know, just is nothing. There's there. nothing. Uh, Ryan Finley's not that good of a quarterback. He wasn't very good in college, and he's not good now. Um, Cincinnati just kind of taking a shot in the dark on the guy. Um, I, I think they're waving the white flag, really. I mean, they're this only... Could, with Finley playing and then... Take A.J. Green in, in the mix being out, and this could be a bloodbath. Yeah, it is going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a beating. We I just hope the Ravens don't do what the Vikings have a tendency of doing this season. And losing to a random team. Well, or... not losing to a random team, but playing down to bad opponents. Right. Like the the um, uh, Redskins game should have been much more one-sided. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the Vikings don't generally play down to bad opponents because, I mean, if you look at what they did to bad opponents, I mean, they wrecked them. But the Redskins was one of those anomalies where they played down to a bad opponent, but they still got it done. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that the, the Ravens are going to play this game a little bit lazy, but they're going to light them up early, and then they're going to kind of chill out after I that. Think, Lots of zone defense. I think at halftime is going to be tied. What? I think the Ravens are going to play a first half just lazy and sloppy, and in the second half they're going to end up winning by four touchdowns. Oh, my God. I, I think they're going to start off lazy. Ugh. God, that'd be insane. Um, we got, uh, Nikhil Harry, he got reactivated by the Patriots. He made his debut against the Ravens, um, on Sunday night. Uh, he didn't really make much of a splash. No, no targets, no catches. Yep, didn't make a splash at all, but, uh, I'm not even sure he was ever really on the field. Right, but we could see him this upcoming week, so Nikhil Harry is back out there, um, after suffering the injury earlier on this year. 
Um, the 49ers left tackle Joe Staley and Kyle Juszczyk, they look to make their returns this uh, Sunday, uh, coming back from injury against the Seahawks on, or I'm sorry, on Monday rather. They're playing them on Monday night. Um, so you could see both Joe Staley and Kyle Juszczyk, which makes the 49ers team that much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um Two two all pro guys basically is is what we're gonna get is is two all pro players. There are so many teams that are just going completely against how we kind of predict they'd be, mm-hmm. like the Niners and the Chargers and the Panthers and right. the it, Browns and. There's it, it, this is a tough year for us prediction wise predicting you know how the league was gonna roll. Um, it's it's been confusing. Um, next up you got, and speaking of the Ravens, by the way, uh, they waived the injured corner Marcus Kennedy, uh, for his thigh injury. Eh, I mean, you know, for a team that is short in the secondary, I'm surprised they're making the move. Realistically, not anymore. So they got, they got Marcus Peters from the trade a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Right. So in the beginning of the season, we talked about the whole, uh, depth deal. Mm -hmm. Then before season started, Tavon Young goes down. Right. Week one, Jimmy Smith goes down. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, uh. Tony Jefferson goes down. And so the first four weeks, this the secondary was depleted and kind of destroyed. I mean, you lose four players in, in a depth. I mean, depth, I mean, depth is, is something you have. I and mean, most teams can't survive losing four players in depth. It's Yeah. And the first four weeks, um, the, the secondary was ranked 27th in the league. Mm-hmm. Miserable. I mean, right. Injury, injury, injury. The le- um, weeks five through nine, one being a bye. So the second four games, they've been ranked seventh. Wow. So they get it back in here. So you, you get Marcus Peters. And then the next week, which this was Jimmy Smith's return game. Mm-hmm. So realistically, you got, you got Marcus Peters is technically the number three. So corner. they're they're back up to full strength, really. And you still got Brandon Carr, who actually played safety a bit this week. Him, yeah. him, him and, and, and Clark um, kind of split it. Not and, too uh, shabby. And uh, Jimmy Smith actually, well, okay, Really, they had Jimmy Smith listed as the three. I think mostly because he's kind of coming back off injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a slower guy. They he he kind of played more of the slot role this week. They had, had Marcus Peters and Humphrey kind of handled the the wides. Right, and and they got things in check. So Kennedy is Kennedy is not really needed anymore. No, and plus you got to think in the offseason they got they got a very high paid nickel corner in Tavon Young coming back next year. Is mm-hmm. it's crowded. Yep, it's gonna be too crowded for Jimmy Smith too. Yeah, he's paying fifteen million next year. I don't know. You never know what they're going to do these days. Um, Next up, you got uh, Brandon Cooks. He's still in concussion protocol. He'll be out this week versus the Steelers. Um, He's going to see another specialist in Pittsburgh. Um, The Rams, how bad does this kill the Rams right now, not having a a receiver the caliber of Brandon Cooks on the field? If your name's not Cooper Cup, it doesn't matter. Really? Um, Cooper Cup. What about Robert Woods? Woods is good. I, I... Brandon Cooks entered this team supposed to be number one. Uh-huh. I think production-wise, he's been more the three. I think Robert Woods has been the one. Um, Cooper Cup came alive recently. Well, I, from well, not, not well, not. I'm not talking about the, the traditional. Mm. But as far as the year, Cooper Cooper Cup's been the production guy. He's been he's been he's been the guy. Right. By far the most productive Rams receiver. Um, I, I'm not going to say Cooks been a disappointment. But he hasn't been the, the true one in the workhorse that I think the world kind of expected him to be. In no, not by a long shot. I, I think a lot of people expected. Uh, um, I think a lot of people expected you know Brandon Cooks to just blow up this year. But I um, I will say, and I think we talked about this last week too. I do not think Cooper Cup could succeed being the only receiver on the team, being having to be the one, being the, going the one routes. He's a fantastic slot 
receiver. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. That's the, that's the style receiver he is. Like, he couldn't do what Torrey Smith... He, he, he'd pull a Torrey Smith and, and, and have a shit season if he was the only option. Right. And right now, a phenomenal slot receiver. He blew up recently. He's got 792 yards on the year. Robert Woods has about 471. Um, Robert Woods has taken a step back this year as well, I, I think, with uh, Cop on the field and also with with uh, the um, the lackluster play at the quarterback position for the the Rams. There, I, I you know I, I I think that that's a, a big factor in this whole thing. For sure. So let's look at production for the team, right? Yeah, so, so yeah, Cooks is at four hundred two for the year. That's and so you got two guys with a combined nine hundred yards, and then you got Cooper Cup. That's almost that is eclipsed them. Yes, them pretty pretty. He's at what, like Cooper Cup's like seven hundred seven ninety two. So <clears throat> that's a a big produ- a bit of production. Um, Falcons cornerback Desmond Trufant. He's listed as questionable for Sunday's game against the Saints. He's got with a toe injury. Matt Ryan, however, is expected to play. Um, I don't think I think this one is is basically a see you later for the Saints or for the the Falcons. I think the Saints are going to come in, end this thing. They're going to knock out the uh, the Falcons and and end their season once and for all. I I agree on that. Yeah, I, I think that's just especially gonna... in a very busy NFC. This is going to be the dagger anyway. Right. So uh, we got that. And last but not least, Christian McCaffrey is listed as questionable for Sunday's game against the Packers. That could be a big ding against the Panthers um, for this upcoming uh, week against a very game Packers defense who really, I mean, they've had their high points and their low points. The Packers defense has. They've kind of come back down to earth Mm -hmm. with the rest of us. But uh, the Packers defense, um, they'll have a much easier time taking on – a Panthers offense without Christian McCaffrey on the field if he doesn't play. Yeah, if McCaffrey doesn't play, this is going to be a bloodbath. Yes. So that's the news around the league. Tyler, we got some prediction predictions to go through. Um, and so we're back to tied. We're back to tied. I know. The Lions I, and the Patriots screwed you over. I took some risks. I really did. I took some risks that didn't pay off. Um, and I'm not going to say that taking New England was a risk. It was a risk. Um, and taking lines shouldn't have been a risk. <laughs> it shouldn't have been, but anytime you take the lines, it's a risk. Anytime you do. I mean, yeah, I think that'll be the last time you take the lines. Even if they play Miami, just because you know this week actually, I'm I'm. It's hard not to look at them this week. It's really hard, given who they're facing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Tyler, are you ready to get down to business here? We're both eighty fifty five and one. Eighty fifty five and one. <clears throat> boy, oh boy. Okay, so uh, let's get down to, to business here. Here are your predictions for Week 10 in the NFL, starting with the Thursday night football game. you got the Chargers and the Raiders. Chargers are 4-5, and five, Raiders are 4-4. Four and four. The Oakland Raiders, this will be a fun one. The Oakland has put a 24-plus points in five straight games. It's the longest active streak in the NFL. Um, you know, Chargers coming off a big win against Green Bay. Raiders coming off a close one against the uh, the Lions. There, they held, they they basically won by a yard um, against a very game Detroit Lions team. Um, in this situation, I'm going Raiders. I'm going to take the shot in the dark. I think even though the Chargers have quietly been winning games, I like the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. I'm also taking the Raiders. I'm not going to bite into the fact that Chargers had a big win. I think they'll settle back down a little bit. Yeah, they're going to calm down. It's it's you know the the. Packers took a trip out to the West Coast, and I think they got caught by surprise a little bit. And uh, the, those those charges are going to come back down to earth this week. 
Um, this one's gonna be tough, um, given the, the caliber of the defense and the caliber of the offense. Um, you got the Lions at 3-4-1 against the Bears from Soldier Field. Uh, Bears are 3-5. Mitch Trubisky has five passing touchdowns and seven starts this season. My God, he's horrible. Yeah, um, how many Russell Wilson have this last week? Right. Five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my Lord. Um, I know it's a risk. have to do it. I'm going with the Lions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give them another try. You know, I feel like a Lions fan almost, like like they're let me down. They've let me down a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take another shot in the dark. I'm gonna say that Lions offense tears them up this week. I'm also picking the Lions. Yeah. I think Matt Stafford's playing too hot, and the Bears defense is just too tired. They're, that's it. They're tired at this point. Um, next up, the big blowout of the week. You got the Ravens and the Bengals. Ravens are six and two. Bengals are zero and eight. Bengals are starting Ryan Finley in his first career start. But let's uh, let's remember, like what I said earlier, it is a division game. A lot of times, they things do do go bump the night in division games. Nobody cares. I'm taking the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens all day. The Ravens. Ravens. But I'm just Ravens. saying, it wouldn't surprise me if this ends up being like a ten point game. Yeah, it's gonna be a blowout. Um. Next up, you got the Bills and the Browns from First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. Uh, Buffalo has not allowed a 100-yard receiver this season. They're the only team to do that. Uh, Bills are 6-2, and two, Browns 2-6. Two and six. This one's kind of tough. You never know what Browns team is going to show up, but we know they're on the downturn. I'm going with the Bills. I mean, Bills are, they got momentum on the side. They're going to keep going. They're going to lock in that five seed. Mm -hmm. Bills, I'm, I'm going with the Bills on this one. I, I think they're going to they're gonna shut down the Browns. Uh, this week. Uh, next up, kind of a toughie. You got the Panthers and the Packers. Panthers are five and three. Packers are seven and two. But it is from Lambeau. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Packers in this situation. Um, I, I think that even though Christian McCaffrey is is red hot and they're going to have a hard time stopping him, whether he's you know limping a little or not, I'm going with the Packers. I think this is a no-brainer. I think we're going to be on the trend for the team that we thought we're going to be this season. Yeah, I think the uh, Panthers are going to win this one. Wow! All right. There's, there's your our first uh, difference maker. My risk of yeah. Um, you know I fouled you some other ones. Oh boy. Uh, from New Orleans, you got the the Falcons at one and seven. Saints at seven and one. The Saints have allowed 14.8 points per game since week four, which is the third fewest in the NFL. Um, I'm going with the Saints. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler is also going with the Saints. I think that's a no-brainer. Saints across the board there. Um, Breeze is red hot. This team, I'm going to say this team is red hot. Team's um, been great all year, even without Drew Breeze. They were 6-1 and one without Breeze. Yep. And realistically, Breeze lost that game. Yep, um, he did. So, I mean, this team's on fire. Yep. This team is your team to beat in the NFL. This is the team to beat, and I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints as well. Um, next up, you got the battle for New York, the battle for MetLife Stadium, really, from East, East Rutherford there. Um, it's going to be the Giants and the Jets. Giants are 2-7, and seven, Jets are 1-7. and seven. Jets got their butts kicked all over the place last week by the Dolphins. The Giants have won five of the last six games versus the Jets. I'm going with the Giants in this one. I think Danny Dimes is just going to have a field day. If it wasn't for Barkley being the team, I would be sitting here flipping a coin and just right here. Really? You think it's that bad? Yeah, if they didn't have if they didn't have Barkley to help help build out this team, I, I don't think Giants would have anything going for them. I think Giants the, the difference between the Giants and the Jets is really to me at the quarterback position. I think Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold is at this point in time. 
Uh, I think Sam Darnold gets hot every now and then, but I don't think Sam Darnold has the confidence. I think Adam Gase was probably the worst thing to happen to Sam Darnold, really. And um, I'm going to go ahead and say Giants, and I think Danny Dimes is a better quarterback than, than Sam Darnold at this point. In fact, we're having a conversation here. I think it's minuscule how much better he is because yeah. I don't think Jones did that. I, you know, I, I, I don't know that yet. And, and that's the thing, I, I just don't know. He hasn't won <clears throat> since um, he had that blow-up game when he started. He, you know, he hasn't uh, he hasn't won, but he's also, if you look at certain things that go on, and I understand we always hear next man up. Wait, did, he, did he beat him? No. Okay. Yeah, no. It was close, though. Um, one thing I will say is that, that Daniel Jones, um, we knew he wasn't completely ready for the NFL. But he has exceeded expectations as far as what he's done in the NFL, um, especially given the fact that he hasn't had all of the working parts of the New York Giants team since, what, week two. Um, he hasn't had Saquon Barkley certain weeks, and then Evan Ingram the next weeks, and then Sterling Shepard, and Trolden Tate. You know, he hasn't had the full team. Not to mention the offensive line there isn't there to protect him. He's got to make a lot of different plays. Um, there's a lot of problems with this New York football team. Not to mention the New York New York Giants defense is just bad. The New York Giants defense is not. They've got some good pieces out there. They got some, you know Janoris Jenkins out there who start to slow down. But they also have Jabril Peppers out there who's a good player. They have some decent pieces, but they don't have linebackers. They need some help up front. There's a lot of things going on with that New York Giants team that I think you know is going to need to be fixed before Danny Dimes is going to wind up being successful over there. But Daniel Jones could be the future of that franchise if they just gut it out and they let him learn. You know who was bad in, in his, a few of his first seasons in the NFL and set record for interceptions? Peyton Manning. So we had to let Peyton Manning develop and watch Peyton Manning develop. Now we're going to see if Daniel Jones can develop. He picked many of that team to Yeah, he did. Uh, there's just not much of a team there for, for Giants. I think that's going to be the downfall for Jones. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, people are, are not going to point the finger at Daniel Jones right away. So he's got that leeway here. He's got yes, that he time. So, and, and, and it's just going to really depend on how they handle it. From here. Um, next up from Raymond James in Tampa, Florida, you got the Cardinals and the Bucks. Cardinals are 3-5-1, and one. Buccaneers are 2-6. The Cardinals have allowed 24 passing touchdowns this season, which is the most in the NFL. And you got a high-powered high -powered Buccaneers team that is just running on all cylinders on the pass game. Um, I actually am going to take a shot at this one. I'm going with the Bucks. Hmm. I wouldn't call it taking a shot. I think it's the obvious place because I'm not taking the Bucks. They're going to put up a 50 spot. 50 spot. That's 50 spot. That's ballsy. Um, the you know the Cardinals. You know I think it is taking a risk. If you look at the records, you look at the way Kyler Murray's been playing. He's been playing at a high level. But if you look at the Buccaneers and the, the passing game for them right now is just gaudy. Um, that's kind of that's the best term to use. It's just gaudy, especially with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin out there, and the way they, those two have been playing this year. The record doesn't show how good the passing attack is. Got to go with the Bucks in this one. Uh, and, and I think you're doing the same. Yeah. The reason I say that 50 spot is because you've put two teams on your top, on your forgetful five that I can remember off the top of my head that allowed the Buccaneers to put up a crap ton of points. Right. Seattle, and you also let, you also put the Rams on there who they did put a 50 spot on. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to they're gonna do that with ease this week. And it could be a blast. Um, next up from uh, Nashville, you got the Chiefs and the Titans. Uh, both teams in the mix for playoff runs. Chiefs coming off a big win against Minnesota. Chiefs are six and three. Titans are four and five. Um, Titans are, are kind of 
you know, putting themselves back in the mix here with Ryan Tannehill in the fold. He comes into that change of scenery. Could have been good for him. But I'm going with the Chiefs here. Um, Mahomes has started practicing over this week. They're not sure if he's going to start, but Matt Moore could, you know, wind up very well wind up in. Even then, I expect Matt Moore and the Chiefs to get this the one way, Um If Matt Moore didn't perform last week against Minnesota, I would be picking the right now. Right. I really would. Um... I'm, I'm going to the assumption that, that Matt Moore plays this week, and I'm going to Chiefs. I think the way he played against that um, top t- topper tier of uh, defense in Minnesota. Top five. Um, top ten. Um, they're actually top five. Are they really? Yes, sir. In terms of what yards? The overall defense. They're, they're top five. They're number five in the league. Okay, but either either way, I, the way he the, the way a back quarterback and a historically terrible quarterback played, mm-hmm. um, Andy Reid um, does Andy Reid things. I, I think she's gonna some time. Yep, yeah. that's where I'm at. I think he's gonna do it. Uh, next up from Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium. You got the Colts and the Dolphins. Colts are five and three. Dolphins obviously one and seven. They got the big win against the Jets last week. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Colts here. I think as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a no-brainer. Jacoby Brissett, even if he's out, I mean, I think Hoyer will get the job done. This is the week of all weeks to let him sit. Honestly, yes, absolutely. this is the week to let him sit. Um, next up, Heinz Field. You got the Rams and the Steelers. Rams are five and three. Steelers four and four. Steelers on the uptick here, uh, but as are the Rams. Yeah, Rams are also on the uptick. I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams in this situation as well. Um, the the Steelers are a team right now that I think is just they're they're not playing games right now. But I think the Rams offense and Cooper Cup are just going to have their way with the Steelers. Um, Rams defense is a little rough around the edges, especially with Marcus Peters going out the door. But Rams will get it done. Um, next up from Arlington, and in, in you got the Vikings and the Cowboys. And so the Vikings come off of a tough loss against Kansas City. Vikings have to win a big game here. Um, it's what's got to happen. Uh, you know, I got burned last week by taking the Vikings. I'm going to go against the Vikings. I'm taking the Cowboys. And uh, we actually got a couple difference in this one. I just looked it up. I, I said top ten. You said you said five. They are they are currently seven. They must have dropped from seven. Oh, they, they dropped them. But yeah, they're sitting seven. Which, I mean, top ten defense. It's, it's that's your cream to crop the league. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I was hoping I was gonna gain one here. Cause I'm also taking Dallas. Yep, I, I'm I taking, really thought you're taking Minnesota here. I can't. Uh, the Vikings offense, especially without Adam Thielen, is gonna have a hard time with the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys still have some good defensive pieces there, but that Cowboys offense is looking good. The Vikings defense, that, that secondary is what makes me nervous, um, is looking a little rough around the edges. They have a great front four. Uh, they have a great, really a front seven. Um, they have two great safeties. The pick of Andrew Sandeo will really help them. But the, um, the issues with Xavier Rhodes, you know, you got Trey Wayne's listed as your basically listed as your number one. He, he's not listed that way, but Trey Wayne is the best corner you have on your team. There's a lot of problems in that secondary that I'm not liking. The Vikings need to go fishing for a corner in this offseason, as far as I'm concerned. Um, <clears throat> the Cowboys, I, I think their offense is really high powered. I think the Vikings are going to have a hard time stopping Zeke. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Cowboys here. I think I, I have to. I'm doing the same. And before you get into the Monday night game, I want to I want to do do one of these. Was that all year? We can all agree. Um, one of the three primetime games always on paper and turn out to be accurate. Sucked. Oh yeah. Suck. 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 This week, the Thursday night game, 
Raiders and Chargers should be a good one. Yep. If it, if it ends up being a blowout, sure, okay, that, that happens. But on paper, division matchup, it's there. The excitement's there. Sunday Night Football, Vikings and Cowboys. Both teams fighting for a division in a very um, um, challenging conference and challenging divisions in, in their own. That should be a good game on paper. The, 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 the interest is there. And now Monday Night Football. You get the undefeated 49ers taking on MVP caliber Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Very Another good very good game. All three primetime games are worth watching and worth the excitement. Yep, and, and I'm excited for all three of these. The Monday night game, um, Seahawks and Niners, I think is going to be basically your game of the week. I, I think the Vikings-Cowboys game is going to be fun to watch. Um, but I think the, the Seahawks-Niners is kind of the one that all eyes are going to be on considering it's interdivisional. Niners are 8-0, Seahawks are 7-2. Inevitably, I think you're going to wind up seeing one of these. You could see these teams meet in the playoffs. Really? I, I think you will. Yeah, and, and you could. Um, this one, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Seahawks. I'm going with the Seahawks in this one. I'm going to take the shot in the dark. I think Russell Wilson tags the Niners for their first loss of the year, and we can put an end to this undefeated style. <laughs> but I gotta go to Seahawks here too. Um, the, the I, I targeted out Russell Wilson right now. It is. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call the game a couple weeks ago against Ravens and Nami. Um, a, 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 a weird bad performance that every great player has. It happens all the time. Aaron Rodgers just happened. And he's back on the high horse. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna rock it up. He's gonna give him that first loss. Yep, I, that's what I'm thinking. I think you're gonna see the Niners go to eight and one. And with that. Tyler, that, those are our predictions for uh, Week 10 in the NFL. Uh, teams on the bye this week, you got the Eagles, the Patriots, Redskins, Broncos, Jags, and Texans, all six of them. Uh, Eagles set to take on New England next week. Patriots are going to be taking on Philadelphia next week. Uh, Redskins will be taking on the Jets. The Broncos will be taking on the Vikings. Jaguars will be taking on the Colts. And the Texans will be taking on more Baltimore Ravens. That'll be a good game. Next week, that'll be a fun one to watch. And uh, Tyler... So we got episode 45 in the books. We're five episodes away from the big 5-0. I do got something fun, a funny little thing before we get off the air here. Oh, Jesus. I saw it, <clears throat> a couple people made, um, Eagle Eye people made a point of it and I laughed at it. Mm -hmm. So NFL.com, every week they do the power rankings. Yeah. Um, so after this week, um, obviously New England dropped. They had to. They dropped New England number three. Okay. It, it's fine. The Falcons. <laughs> You know where this is going? Uh, I think so. We're ranked 28. Uh. <laughs> uh. I'm sure it wasn't on purpose, but it's freaking hilarious. I, I... Oh, God. The amount of times that joke comes off is bad. Like... That's bad. I think they did it on purpose. Is it, I mean, you gotta admit it's funny though. It, like, it is. It's pissed funny. as I am that how that game went, but you gotta admit that's freaking hilarious. It's funny as all hell. Um <laughs> So with that, Tyler, uh, episode 45 in the books, um, five more till episode 50, so we got about five more weeks left. It'll be basically right right near the end of the season there, right mm -hmm. at playoff time. That's going to make it a Just lot of about, fun. Yeah, it'll be, what, week 15? We'll mm -hmm. be week 10 now. Yep, so we'll be at week 15 for our, our uh, big 50-episode extravaganza. 14, 15, yeah, whatever sure. it ends up being. Yeah, something like that. So let's see, we got 46 will be week 11, 47 will be week 12. Yeah, it'll be week 15. Yep, so week 15. 
So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Paul Crumb. Thank you so much for everything that you do as far as getting us our uh, sound bites and that. Give a shout out to our sponsors at It's Your Time Massage. Um, Tyler, have you gotten your massage yet? I have not. not Get a friggin' massage, Tyler. Don't yell at me. <laughs> it's Your Time Massage. Uh, you can check Amanda out at uh, iytmassage.com or you can uh, check you can check it out at... Uh, it's your time massage on Facebook. You can book your appointments right online. Um, very affordable massages. Very good massages. Um, she's an excellent massage therapist, and I think everybody uh, should. If you're stressed out, if you're in pain, if you're having sciatica problems, stuff like that, you should be seeing a massage therapist, uh, especially if her calendar. Right, Tyler? Don't yell at me. <laughs> So uh, that's all we got today. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>